Welcome to Path to Glory, a Warhammer Underworlds podcast that focuses on competitive gaming, player development, and community growth. This episode was made possible by our patrons. Thank you so much to all of you. If you're interested in learning more, or perhaps even supporting us, check us out at patreon.com slash path to glory. As always, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Jonathan Davis. Hello, hello. What's going on, man? Not much. It's a, it's a Monday. I ate some Thai food. I only ate half of it. I'm going to eat the rest after this. So, I had Thai food, Ready too. Ready to go. <laughs> I had... Uh, it's good. Yeah, I had a... Uh, I like Panang curry. I used to be a big red curry guy, but now I'm a Panang curry guy. Mm. My go-tos are uh, Pad Ki Mao or Pad Thai. I like the... And I like to get them either hot or Thai hot, depending on how spicy I'm feeling. Well, you are a spicy guy. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. I mean, I feel like, yeah, you're pretty chill, and then sometimes you're just like fire. Yeah. Um. Well, glad that we have enjoyed some great Thai cuisine. <laughs> For reference, this episode was recorded on September 13th, 2020. And the meta version is post-Crushes and Blade Coven release right before Arena Mortis, which we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, yeah. The episode topic of the, I guess the the episode is to um, go over um, the recent online Grand Clash event that was actually this past weekend, uh, 40 slash 41 players that attended. And as always, we're going to cover Underworld News, community shout outs. And listener questions as well. So let's start with that Underworld's news. Jonathan, what do you got for us first? Yeah, absolutely. Um, The first thing is we want to give some thank yous to our three newest Patreon supporters. uh, Beard Arm, Lenny Winks, and Magor. Uh, We really appreciate the support. Um, I think that's the first thing we have. Yeah, super excited to have you support us. Really appreciate it. And... uh, you know, you help us create content, which is awesome. Speaking of content that we're both going to be creating, Arena Mortis is going to pre-order this upcoming Saturday. The Warhammer community site has dropped an article, I think earlier today, where they talked about some of the cool features surrounding the format. Um, There's some really cool tokens that come in it, where if you're holding it, you gain an additional glory point at the end of the round. And then some of them have special abilities, like you have plus one dice, or you can reroll a defense and things like that. So that seems really exciting. Yeah, looking at it, it looks like it's been a little while since I looked at the white white dwarf version, but it looks like they've really beefed up the rules and stuff, and having all the tokens. Yeah, is pretty cool too. Gerard was talking to him about it earlier, and he was like, "Man, I'm really excited to see some of the season one um, upgrades in the in the game." And I was like, I'm not sure if that's an old white dwarf picture they were using or not, but uh, it's <laughs> yeah, maybe. But uh, I don't know. It could be, I guess, upgrade agnostic, right? So yeah, like a relic format thing. Yeah, you can just play whatever you want. And all the upgrades, Molog and Hrothgorn are gonna love that. Um, for those of you who aren't aware, um, again, it's a new game mode that's coming. Um, Forty new universal cards, twenty power. Or Gambit, rather, and 20 upgrades, which are all legal for tournament play for Alliance and Championship format, as well as Relic. Um, I think we've got a really cool announcement coming up. We're actually going to be doing our first Patreon giveaway. So we'll be giving a copy of Arena Mortis out 
at the beginning of next month. So anyone that joins the Patreon by the 26th of this month will be eligible to win their free copy of Arena Mortis, which I think it's going to be like maybe 40 bucks. I don't know. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see. Um, but yeah, we wanted to give a thank you to everybody that supported us so far. And uh, I'm sure this won't be the last giveaway we do. Right on. Um, the next thing that I have in news is I played in the uh, CAM game tournament that was on August 29th. Um, I ended up coming in second with Magor's Fiend. So, uh, I lost to a Grimwatch player um, that had a very surprising final card that took me by surprise and I ended up losing the game. Um, I, you can watch all the games I played on the, the Twitch channel, uh, Path to Glory Gaming. I, I won't give away the surprise if anybody wants to watch it but <laughs> um there's going to be another one of those uh cam game events on the 19th of this month so that's this saturday uh, if anyone else wants to join um i i had a blast i think i honestly enjoy playing cam games more than playing some of the online options they do take a little bit longer so i think i'm glad it is a best of one tournament but uh it really was really was a lot of fun i did have to wake up at like five o'clock in the morning to play but <laughs> i think it was worth it but you're a vampire um, so you do it anyways right something like that yeah yeah, yeah. i cannot wake <laughs> up in the morning yeah i've been trying to have somewhat of a normal wake-up schedule but uh it's tough <laughs> yeah i've been like taking melatonin to like go to bed quote uh. quote unquote earlier but um i was like tonight I'm going to go to bed at 11.30 <laughs> and I'll wake up at 8 right in time for the team meeting at work. And then <laughs> it's like 1.30 and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. So, um, yeah. So what else we got going on? Um, the next thing we have is we have our, uh, we wanted to announce we do have the top four out of the 10 teams in our team league. Um, we're going to have the final event for that um, pretty soon. Um, the top tour, top four teams are Steel City, um, Toto, and Benny. Uh, Axis of Evil. And then the last one is Amberbone Pillow Fighters. I don't think that is the final order. Um, we're actually waiting on uh, some of the results, although we, we do know what the top four are going to be, but... Um, I'm sure we'll post that when, uh, you know, when we have all the details, but, um, I think everyone's been enjoying it. And, uh, now, now that the first five cycles are up, we're going to have a cut to top four and see who is able to take it home. Yeah. Super excited, you know, for the millionth time favorite format and all that. So <laughs> it's really cool. And, and just as a clarification, we know who the top four is because this last game's result doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So regardless of the outcome, it won't affect the scores as much. Uh, and the four teams that we mentioned will be the top four and then they'll duke it out for top spot. So should be fun. I'm really excited. I've been really pleased actually with how much people have enjoyed the format. And for a lot of people, it was their first foray into it. So, yeah, yeah. I'm glad we were able to sort of spread the popularity of that. Um, I, I was, reciting the team names from memory but the order currently is axis of evil at the top and then amberbone pillow fighters 
and then we're going to find out between Toto and Benny and Steel City. So, well, should be exciting. Yeah, exciting either way. And uh, I guess it does matter, right? Because four plays one. So, or actually, no, we're making um, it random. I think we're doing it randomly. Yeah, yeah be- because there is. We, we because we're doing it of the way we're doing yeah. the deck submission yeah, yeah it's funny because i we made that announcement and then i forgot <laughs> so um anyways looking forward to that congrats to our top four teams and thank you everyone else who played in the event uh in the league let's jump to community shout outs so i've got one so i was recently a guest on the battle for salvation podcast with max bernstein and randall slate and the main topic was crushes, so a pretty nifty title, crushing it with the Kusro. Kind of enjoyed that. <laughs> um, it was fun. It was uh, it was really nice to get on the episode and uh, I guess collaborate with them. And it felt like it was overdue, and so it was nice to finally uh, make my way over there. Um, you know, Max and Randall, they're they work so well together because they're just so different in personality. So it's it's a nice blend. Uh, the audio from my end is a little weird, um, but I listened to the episode and uh, it's still, I guess, audible. So hope you enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I listened to it uh, yesterday, I think, a little bit late. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought you guys covered it well. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that they're sort of back on the podcast train. I think they had to take a little break for while as the release schedule slowed down Mm -hmm. not everybody can just start making stuff up about the game like we do (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah sometimes we're not sure what we're going to record about but uh, we just talk to talk okay so far yeah it's true um Um, the other one we have is the second crit bait episode was released um from the steel city guys on the chatting crit um where they argue about whether certain things are good for the game. It's more like a debate um, structure, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, this one was about to the end. Um, and they had Davey on there, Davey from What the Hex. So that's cool to see him come back for a little bit. Um, I think the second What the Hex episode actually also released today. I don't, I don't think Davey's on it, though. I haven't got to listen to that. He's one. not. It's just Phil. Um he talks about Blade Coven. So I thought I was actually really funny when, because I was like, oh, Davey's probably on this one because he wasn't on the first one. Um, but he was on Crit Bait. And then I like click on yeah. it and it's just Phil, um, which, you know, Phil is great. But, you know, I was like, oh, you know, it's funny how, <laughs> how Davey's kind of, you know, jump and do another podcast but not run in his own. So I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, it's actually, it was actually, I, I haven't listened to the recent one, but I listened to the Crusher one and I, I enjoyed hearing Phil's thoughts on it. Um, I feel like he didn't used to talk that much, so it was nice to get a whole episode <laughs> with Right? Him. You know, I, I really enjoyed it too, you know? Um, yeah. But it's, I guess I just missed Davey, so I was just hoping he was on it. But I, I'm sure Phil's going to do a great job, and when I listen to it uh, fully, you know, I'm sure I'll have great We're, thoughts. We can just keep talking up Phil until uh, Davey has to come back. Honestly, at this point, he might not need to because Phil's kind of <laughs> doing the thing, you know? Yeah, it's true. So, it's true. Uh, <laughs> I, um, yeah, either way, Phil, you're doing great. Um, let's jump to our main segment, which was the, I guess, September online clash of the year, of the dreaded year 2020. <laughs> yeah. 
So we had a total of 41 players, 42 it looks like on BCP. Um, yeah, I think Shuby was in there originally, um, but then they ended up with uh, an odd number. And then uh, Jimmy was the 41st jumping back in as a buy as, after somebody dropped. So I think you could really say it was 40 players. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, funny note about yeah. Jimmy, he like joins the event as like a buy. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he then he beats the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he won his. He I was like, bro, kick. come on, dude. Like, <laughs> he was playing uh, the Sepulchral Guard, so I, you know. Yeah, he he finished thirty first out of forty. And, <laughs> with one know, game. With one game. I, was, <laughs> I don't know who has that kind of efficiency, but um, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. Um, um. So I think the first thing that we should go over as we're talking about the event um, and preparing for it. Um, what do you think we expected to see? You know, with this meta, um, it, we had the you know the first uh, far with faction restrictions, but then we've had all these new cards come out. So, what did you expect uh, to see, Hamon? Yeah, good question. So, I, I definitely think, and I think most people had the same assumptions, is that we'd see a lot of objective-based warbands. Namely, Thorns of the Briar Queen and um, Zarbag's Gits. And then, additionally, any other warbands that could take advantage of the Hidden Purpose, Glorious Triumph, Temporary Victory, Shenanigans, right? Mm-hmm. So, I knew we'd see some more in flight. Uh, I knew Mike was playing Molog, so I was, you know, expecting to see Molog. Uh, and then, on aside from that, you know... It's like maybe thinking Rippas, because th- I thought, and I still think they're probably the most consistent straight aggro warband um, in the game right now, in this current iteration of mm-hmm. the game. And then, uh, yeah, and then, you know, just, you know, if you know someone's coming and they only play war one, one warband, then you know that they're bringing that warband, right? But <laughs> like Eric and Eyes of the Nine kind of knew that, kind of saw that one coming. Um, but other than that, you know, that's kind of what I did. What about you? Yeah, I think I agree. Um, I think I would have expected to see some more. Uh, I think I would have expected crushes to be popular. Um, I definitely expected thorns to be popular. The lady harrows, I thought would you know we'd see some of those. I thought about playing them a little bit. Uh, I. I would have expected more Rippas because they won the last one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's clear that the objective war bands are powerful. Uh, Hidden Purpose, Glorious Triumph, uh, Absolute Stillness. Uh, those are all very powerful. And the more fighters you have and the more, qu- like, the quicker that you can, you know, get to the objectives and control the objectives, the the better. I guess faster is the word I was looking for there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you made you combine two quicklier. Well, actually, yeah, no, that's a yeah. word, I guess. Is it? No, it's not. Uh, no, 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 it's not. I'm an, I'm an English major. You I can are. make words up as I please. Well, yeah. all words I'm are made up, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm just, as if you can understand me, then I'm succeeding. Uh, <laughs> I think the point you make about crushes is an interesting one, though, because yeah. they're like new warband, the new hotness. Like there was a lot of hype around this orc warband, um, at least stateside, right? Because everyone here loves orcs. And 
The highest placing Morgox Crushes player was 19th, which was Bob, who uh, is a good friend of the show. And he um, he went 2-2, two and two, which is actually pretty pretty solid. And I'm not yeah. sure if he was playing an aggro match, matchup or control, but, I mean, it was interesting because we have, like, Chosen Axes at 16, and we have Curse Breakers at 14, How the Mighty Have Fallen. Uh, <laughs> so it, it's it's really interesting. I thought it was a good warband spread, honestly, and I think it's always like that after the FAR, or not a FAR, a release. Yeah. I think when that's when you can have the most liberties and fun because old stuff becomes uh, really good in a way because the balance still hasn't been yet added to the game. I think you and I can both agree that we don't believe a release is complete until the far list, um, you know, is dropped soon after. And so I think the game is out of balance right now, but it, it doesn't mean that it's not fun. I mean, I thought the event was fun and I know a lot of people yeah. had a lot of fun. So uh, I'm curious to see what happens when things get toned down again. But as always, it's always the war bands that kind of do well after a release, but don't usually do well after a far like yeah you know chosen axes for example so <laughs> well and speaking of i mean you know one of the things about these events is now and now that we have so many war bands a lot of the time you will get one player that just really likes that war band they put a lot of hours into that war band and i think the chosen axe player was zach nukem who you know is probably one of two or three chosen axis players that just plays them over and over and over again so i'm not surprised to see uh, you know him do well. I think he went two and two, which I think is a solid performance, especially with that warband. I don't think I don't think I would be confident that I would do that. Um, I think he was the only dwarf warband in the event. There's not a single profiteer warband. Yeah, and that's interesting to me because I I think that they likely have some game, but um, you know, with only two crushes players at the event, um, you know, it's really just not a lot of data to. Uh, you know, really, it's not a lot of data to be able to have a reliable slice of the meta, really, um, when you only have one or two players of particular warbands. I mean, even the popular warbands were, you know, four or six. Um, but uh, <clears throat> um, I guess we can move on to the next thing. Um, what did we end up taking to the event? Uh, what did you pick, Come on. Yeah, good question. So, um, you know, for me, it was just like, I kind of want to do better than I have in the past and I got tired of playing aggro and I was like, I don't know, I guess I'll just play something that's kind of good. And then, you know, after like building a couple decks with a bunch of warbands, I was like, well, thorns are busted. Um, I could probably <laughs> play these, um, you know, and, and, and to be fair, like my expectations going to this event were like, you know, hopefully I'll make top eight. I didn't think I was going to win. Um, and just the goal was to make top eight because, um, I haven't been putting in the amount of effort like a lot of the other people have. I haven't been, I haven't been putting in those practice hours. You know, I haven't been putting in um, the time really. I've been, I've, I've been doing some other things, and so for me, it's like, what's my best chance of kind of cheesing my way through because I'm not really getting the reps in, and so that's mm -hmm. why I picked um, Thorns of the Briar Queen, and my deck is actually. It's actually pretty similar to um, the winning deck uh, in a way. 
Uh, there's just a subtle changes here and there, but I think those changes uh, that Tommy had were, I think, better overall. But essentially what we're doing is we're running, we're taking advantage of all the new really strong cards, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, absolute Stillness, Hidden Purpose, Glorious Triumph, um, Strength of Terror, things like that. So, uh, quick search. So I pretty much built a normal normal Thorns deck, Treacherous Foe, Shortcut, Hidden Purpose, Show of Force, Swift Capture, Temporary Victory, and then Great Gains, Absolute Stillness, Coveted Spoils, because I knew we'd be playing a lot of objective shenanigans. So I mm-hmm. figured they'd all be covered. Path to Victory, Supremacy, Test of Courage. So 21 Glory in the deck, which is pretty solid. And I'm running Cryptic Companion, so I have the opportunity to get uh, you know, three additional without kills. So 24 Glory built into the deck without interacting with the opponent uh, for the most <laughs> part, which I thought was cool. Um, obviously, you know, in order to do well with Thorns, you got to get aggressive with some of your fighters. So, you know, Endless Malice is great. Glory Seeker, Potion of Rage. Uh, strength of terror that uh, that stuff on the queen is disgusting so yeah yeah pretty pretty happy with the deck i i i kind of enjoyed it um again it was easy like i didn't have to think it was like (laughs) oh okay draw my deck i have temporary victory i should probably just varclav to glory oh i drew into hidden purpose great oh i drew into swift capture cool all sudden appearance (laughs) And then just move over and then, you know, so it was, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty straightforward, which is why I picked it. Cause I wanted something I didn't have to think much about for the most part. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you did end up taking swift capture. I know we talked about that recently. <laughs> yeah. So I, before that I was running steadfast defender and I'm kind of mm-hmm. glad I didn't run that card. Cause I very rarely made defensive roles, um, with the single on single dodge is pretty difficult for the chain rest. Um, I don't like the card because, and we did talk about it because it forces to do a certain thing that may be suboptimal. Yeah. And I don't know if I teched for it. Like I, I have quickening greaves, but I don't have like duelist speed. I don't have blessing of Hydrogos. I do have mm-hmm. Fainway though, but I didn't even take shifting reflection. So right. I, I just kind of felt like maybe I should have taken, um, branching fate and I probably would have scored that more. Um, swift capture, like when it was scorable, I did, but I, I did it cause Jimmy was like, he was like, he like scoffed. He was like, you're not taking swift capture. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, cause we played two practice games like two days before the event. And, uh, he was yeah. like, yeah, you should, you should definitely take it. And I was like, all right, yeah, sure. I mean, you play objective war bands more than I do. So I'll take your advice. And I'm not, I'm not yeah. upset. I did. I did. Right. Like it, it worked it, but yeah. I just, it's a solid card. I mean, yeah. I, I know um, I know. usually when I'm setting up my objectives, if I think my opponent has it, I'll try to put an objective in the sort of center uh, middle area of my board to b- sort of block out where they can put one if they are trying to do one. Um, and I do think sometimes it's difficult for them to score it. So, <clears throat> And in an in objective mirror match of any kind, I think it's pretty hard to score unless you have shifting reflection. So. I think that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I will admit, anytime someone played that against me, I was like, oh, maybe I'll score Swift Capture. Uh, and then I yeah. didn't, you know, so it was nice. That's that's how I got it scored a couple times. So probably a, a fault in the deck design. Probably should have taken that card um, because I saw it used to great success against me yeah. and by some of the players who made some of the top cuts. 
And to me, that's one of the nice things about these online events is I can take a deck, I get a bunch of games with it, and I usually have a few things by the end of it that I would change. <laughs> so Yeah, I'd um, probably make some changes knowing, you know, what the meta was, but I guess that's part of the process, right, is to kind of yeah. guess. But I think I think overall, like, my deck did well and... Um, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty pleased with the result, which we'll get into later. But uh, yeah, because you didn't take any Amberbone weapons, right? I think that was probably the. I don't know if that's controversial, but it seems like that was a particular choice, right? Yeah, I think. I think I took, um, more damage, um, and that's mm-hmm. probably comes to shine as like, I'm an aggro player at heart. So <laughs> I like I made sure I had room for Glory Seeker and Great Strength and then Potion of Rage yeah. for that reaction bonus, which I probably could have I had like four in my power deck, so I probably didn't need Potion of Rage. Um mm-hmm. and then Quickening Greaves is, you know, a more reliable way to make sure I can keep some of my guys on. And I think the quarry package is like three cards. Maybe yeah. I didn't need three, maybe I just needed two. So I think there's some thought there. Like maybe I didn't need Great Fortitude. You know, um, but it's possible. Yeah. So I I think it is. I think it was kind of controversial and I certainly regretted it um, (laughs) because I would play against people and they'd whack me with the mace and the sword. And I was like, I don't know why I didn't take that. So (laughs) again, so, so good. Yeah, Yeah. very good. And so I just, you know, it's a combination of like not being as in tune with the meta, um, Mm -hmm. but also just like, you know, kind of some of my own personal preferences that perhaps weren't right for the event so overall I'm, again i'm still very pleased with the deck and and i'm happy i did you know perform the way i did but you know my game plan was to just kind of cheese my way through and then um, in the mirror <laughs> match like i thought i had more tools to ensure that i could stay on the objectives so yeah yeah i'm sure we'll talk about that too um so for my deck i decided that <laughs> i kind of wanted to play full aggro um I've been playing Magors recently, and but I've been playing them more of like an objective style. Um, but they still have a little bit of aggro to them. Um, but then I was switching back over to Hrothgorn. Uh, th- those are probably the two warbands that I've played the most recently. Ever since the far, I think Hrothgorn has been a lot more reasonable to play against. Uh, and uh, it's interesting that now with these new cards you can get him pretty terrifying with uh you know things like the hunter's talisman where he gets an extra dice and a reroll, which i like to think about like a having a haymaker on every attack he makes from then on because <laughs> yeah. a reroll is about as good as an extra dice if you're getting hunter's talisman and strength of terror on him early you're yeah. rolling like five dice with a reroll or something it's it's really terrifying. Yeah. It, it's funny because every now and then I actually did miss with it, but um, sort of a theme of the event was, yeah, I have four or five dice and I can re-roll some of them and uh, I'm just going to kill everything. <laughs> um, so that was fun. I did have Hidden Purpose in my deck. Um, I had Victoria's Duel, which is just kind of a card I like trying to play. Um, and if I think if anybody can do it, Rothgorn and probably Molog are the the two that are the best at it. Yeah. Because if, if I'm going to kill anybody, it's probably going to be with Rothgorn and yeah. probably going to kill your leader. Yeah, I think maybe Ripa too is like a... It's like yeah. A, it's a further off third. That's true. I could see that. Yep. 
Um, and I think if I didn't take that, I probably would have taken the um, whatever the one that's uh, basically advancing strike, but for hunter quarry. Brought to bay. Uh, brought to bay. Yeah. So you know, it's one more glory, and it's a little more specific. So um, I, I kind of enjoyed that. Um, uh, other than that, it was basically aggro. I had fired up, great gains, but I had keep chopping, versatile fighter, butchering, master of battle. Um, I had the amberbone mace and the amberbone sword in there. Um, sometimes for Hrothkorn, which was pretty neat. Um, a lot of the time, if I needed to kill a kill a two wound fighter, I would just pop that on him, and it was kind of like a free uh, tome of offerings. It's pretty cool. And then sometimes, uh, if somebody would get in my back line, I'd throw those weapons on you know Lugget and Thwack or Quiv or uh, whatever the other guy's name is, and uh, you know pretty good bushwhacka that's his name bushwhacka <clears throat> so it was nice to have those i had great strength sitting in the air grub so there's a, there were a couple times when i could get a guy you know pretty scary pretty quickly and then you know smack somebody down and then keep going with rothcorn um but uh i think the really cool combination was the couple times that i had blessing of hydragos and all of the plus dice upgrades on him and then i had uh commanding stride as well so i was kind of just sliding around punching and shooting at people and uh there were a few games when i like maybe missed once the whole game wow <laughs> and those were those were the the craziest and that's like an aggro enjoyable. player's dream yeah it kind of was and it's it's something that i haven't uh experienced in a while just because of the way the meta has been going so it was cool to take something uh new with a sort of a i would say anti-meta focus and uh see what i could do with it so it was also nice um like i didn't have any combos in there i didn't have uh you know any objective removal i didn't have cover ground i just basically had cards that would push things and i had cards that would make me more accurate so i had victimize ravenous fury um and then the other upgrades that made me more accurate so it it was uh it was a lot like playing you know, in some of the older versions where uh, you're just trying to kill everything. Um, I do think that my glory ceiling ended up being a little bit low in certain matchups. And uh, if you're able to outmaneuver uh, Rothcorn, then that can be bad for me. But uh, in general, it uh, it worked it worked okay. I was I was happy with uh, the way that it functioned. I think I played it maybe three or four times before the event, and uh, I think maybe I would change. Maybe the thing I would change is take out great gains and just put in solid gains because uh, the number of times I drew great gains great gains in my first hand seemed like half the time. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing with these online events is like you always draw the worst hand. <laughs> I don't even draw that badly in person. So I'm like, it does seem like that. Doesn't it yeah. seems like it for sure. You don't, we, you know, it's probably the same, you know, for all our <laughs> online pro supporters out there but yeah. uh um the uh <laughs> i seem to remember drawing great great gains a lot in uh lvo too and that was in real life so <laughs> there you go yeah. i think i just need to take it out of my my decks yeah i mean it's um it's one of those things where it's like uh and this is funny because i was you know i was talking to my dad about it and he's like did you win and i was like no <laughs> and he's like oh okay he's like oh it's all right and he's like and i was like yeah you know it's just it was just fun and he was like um He's like, oh, well, you know, how do you roll dice? I never really asked you that. And I was like, oh, you know, you just press a button and it populates, you know, your dice rolls. And he's like, oh, and he just like, Murr. and I was like, what? And he's like, uh, 
oh, it just, you know, it takes away your personal luck. And I was like, what? He's like, you know, like whenever you play a sport or like a game or anything, like you have your own luck. He's like, you're not able to channel that. And I was like, I was like, A, this is either like the best, like, <laughs> son, it's okay, you're still great, like, speech ever. Um, or he's like, has a point. And I was thinking about it, and I don't know if I brought it up to you, but I think that's also a thing, by the way, where it's like, you know, and, and maybe it's not. Like, maybe you pressing a button at the right time is your luck, right? So I thought that was interesting. This has nothing to do with the episode, but I just... <laughs> it was just a funny anecdote that my dad mentioned that I thought it would be fun to share. Yeah, uh, that is interesting. Uh, um, so you went for a anti-meta, and I went for meta. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, I mean, I, I but sometimes I just want to play what I want to play, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I wanted to play Rothcorn, and I wanted to see if I could just murder everything. And sometimes I want to play Magors and see if I could hold objectives, so... <laughs> yeah, and for me it was just, I'm lazy... What seems good? Let's throw it together. Yeah. Um, I, I think at this point in my Underworlds, you know, career, so to speak, um, you know, I'm just, I'm in sort of an exploratory mode until, probably until the, you know, the season starts and hopefully we can start playing uh, in person. So, Yeah, I guess for me it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of kind of both. Like I'll do a lot of the exploring just by building decks um, and then you know talking to you about stuff a lot as well um, we actually have conversations in person that are longer than our podcast episodes um, <laughs> which I think would be great content right but um, just you know it's it's something that we do a lot and uh, you know then we'll like we'll work through a lot of stuff and, and try to figure things out and um, I guess for me it's just I'm just doing like and I don't think it's okay. It's, I think it's okay to say this. Like, I'm just doing the bare minimum, right? Like, <laughs> you know, everyone's like, yo, come play in this event. And I was like, yeah, I'll come support. I'll play. Um, or it's like, you know, we're recording a podcast. So I have to do the bare minimum to stay up to date with the information in the game. Um, and there are moments, obviously, where I really enjoy it. But, you know, I know I, it, it gets annoying. But like, I've said it so many times. <laughs> I just really don't like season three. I think it's not fun for me personally and so and i think i think objective play while very technical and very hard to do consistently um and you know and it's 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 been demonstrated really well by some really amazing players it's just not something that interests me in an arena combat game right and so maybe i'm just being picky but i'm i'm just i'm just waiting for season four to change things up yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, I think we all have a preferred play style, and if this season hasn't been that, then you know that can be a little bit less exciting. I also think that the uh, you know not being able to play in person um, is interesting too. Maybe we should have a episode about burnout and whatever the opposite of that is. Right? <laughs> it's almost yeah. like stagnation right now. I think that's where I'm at. <laughs> I'm in like borderline yeah. burnout, stagnation, and it's just you know I'm, I'm waiting for new energy and fuel. And, you know, I was hoping it would be September, uh, but unfortunately things got, you know, pushed back. So, um, yeah, we digress. Let's get into the games. <laughs> so we talk about, um, um, you know, trying to prepare for the matchups and everything like that. Uh, but one thing that we both knew going in, it was like Thrones were going to be popular. And so um, mm-hmm. went into the first round and I played Yuri. 
and he was playing Thorns. And so um, it was really interesting because I was like, and hopefully I win the roll off and I get three objectives, but he wins the roll off and he obviously picks three objectives. But I actually think that's probably the, the way to go. And some people might disagree. And But we've actually talked about this on this podcast a couple times before, is that sometimes I think Thorns are just do better when they only have two, but their chain of are protected because they can control board setup, right? Because you have you have the tools to get to the other side, namely sudden appearance. Yeah, that's true. You know, so like for me, it was just like, okay, cool. Charge with the, you know, Everhang, Varclav, teleport the queen in, chew some chain rest up. I end up winning game one. Uh, game two, I was like, you know, maybe I can fight him off. Seems like my deck is a little bit more aggro oriented. Um, so I take three objectives and then the exact same, exact same thing happens, but on his side um, <laughs> where, you know, and I was like, oh, okay, so maybe I should, you know, maybe I'll just go for, you know, two objectives and the board set up next round. And then as, as luck would have it for, you know, the game, third game, he wins the objectives, takes three, and uh, which I thought he was going to take two. And I was kind of concerned, but I guess he just hmm. prefers that, re- you know, reliance. And uh, I did the same thing in game one. Um, and then my dice rolls kind of went in my way. Where I just was like, uh, and I made sure I prioritized his queen every game, uh, or yeah. the ever hanged. I was like, if I can take one of these out quickly, I should be in a good spot. So I, I well, won game one. And the other thing I, th- I think that's worth mentioning there is with Glorious Triumph, a lot of the time you don't need to have the three objectives. Mm-hmm. You just may need to get a kill with someone. And yeah. That's, that's your third one. Yeah, so and, that's and that's kind of what I found. And, and so I, I almost felt like that third one was redundant. Um, and he also didn't run coveted spoils, so I think that's kind of uh, gave me an edge as well. But yeah, that helps a lot too. Yeah, yeah. So I won twenty-one to twelve, and then he won twenty-four to nineteen, and then I won sixteen to twelve. So, um, yeah. pretty, pretty pretty decent scores. Um, pretty close games. I think the games were closer than the scores indicate, but you know, I'm happy. I yeah. was I was like, okay, well, it works, you know, and yeah, and I knew Yuri's a good thorns player, so. It was like kind of a, um, like you did the right move, kid. You know, like keep going type of shit. So, <laughs> uh, situation. Yeah, I, you mentioned how the you think the scores don't always indicate how close the game was. I feel like a lot of the time games are close to a point, and then they kind of like one person will blow out, like out of control really quick. So, I I experienced that as well in some of mine. Like it would be close, and then one person would get the advantage, and then get like a bunch of glory and deny everything. So. I don't think that's very uncommon. Yeah, I think I think in some situations like certain roles can be monumental. Um and then certain yeah. like cards can play such a huge part, like a well timed mischievous spirits. Uh, even oh, a daylight yeah. robbery in some case, right, can just completely shift the game <laughs> on its head. Um so I think um I think at moments like Yuri and I were pretty neck and neck and then some key plays here and there kinda just took it one way or the other so yeah yeah a lot of the time it can be down to like one dice roll and then that means you didn't score something and then that means you didn't get great gains and then you know so it's interesting um i guess we can go to my game yeah i was gonna Um, say how did your game go so my first game was against uh, michael and uh they were playing the blade coven um which is 
interesting. It, it's kind of a scary matchup, I think, for Hothcorn because I think that they actually can kill him. Um, they need to do it quickly, and I think if they can kill one or two of the little guys and power up, that helps them too. But um, in one of the games, I think one of the first things he did was give Camus Glory Seeker, and Glory Seeker Camus can kill Hrothkorn in one shot. <laughs> um, luckily, I think one of the attacks missed, but uh, you know it's it's one of those scary situations. Um, uh, so the first game we played was a really strange one because it, the first round. I didn't score anything, and the one attack I think I made missed. And it was like everything that he did countered everything that I did. Wow. And he was able to score Hidden Purpose and Temporary Victory, and I was like, man, this is not going well. I was trying to like stay in range, and I think I pushed forward, and then he pushed me back. And like basically all I could do was charge once with Rothgorn. And I didn't want to send the cat in yet because I was afraid that um, you know he would get a kill, and then he would power up one of the fighters, and then... That would be bad. So um, it, it really seemed like it was going badly for me after the first round. I was like, well, <laughs> we'll probably have to play the, the next two games now. And then uh, in game, uh, in round two, I just hit everything. And I think he missed six attacks in a row. <laughs> Ouch. Sometimes <laughs> like that happens, though. Four of which I think had cleave on the leader. Like, it was, it was very, very silly. That's wild. Um, so I won that one by, it ended up being like 13 to 7. Um, you know, it's one of those games where you're just like, you know, of course I'm going to miss again. Um, and, uh, we went to the second one, which the second one was much closer. That was the one where the Camus, um, potentially could have one shot me. I think she only hit me for three, you know, thankfully. Um, but then it was real close, uh, similar to my last tournament experience where my power went out. I think his laptop died halfway <laughs> through it. So we had a little break there, but then he came back and we finished it up. And uh, that one was 14 to 11 um, and uh, in my favor. So I ended up taking it, but uh, it, was, it wasn't a wasn't a matchup I was looking forward to. Although if I get tooled up and can just start one-shotting people, I think it gets hard for them if they can't kill me early enough. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask, like, what were your, I guess after playing them in a competitive environment for the first time, right? Like in a true competitive environment, like what, mm -hmm. what were your thoughts? Like, how do you think that Warband does? So I think that they are, I think they're a functional aggro warband. Um, I think that their inspire condition is, um, their most difficult hurdle, so to speak. Um, they have some excellent power cards, they have the the one that inspires, which helps a lot. They have the one that makes it so they can only take one damage, which helps a lot. The free move attack for an ins I mean the free move for an inspired fighter is very powerful. Uh, it goes great with jealous defense. I actually almost lost the second game because uh, he moved the he played the move card, landed on an objective next to Hothcorn, and I had mischievous spirits in my hand and just didn't play it. And then he jealous defense. <laughs> mm. um, and I was like, oh, no. And I don't know if he missed or, you know, he uh, I, th I think he may have missed. And I think that might have been, you know, the, the difference there. Actually, no, he hit me. He killed Rothcorn. And then my bushwhacker was able to charge with an amber bone and finish it off. That's what it was. Or no, actually, I think it moved forward. I dropped the trap and then I distracted it into the trap. That's what it was. Yeah. 
So, but it was still still very very close. And if I had uh, if I had lost because of that, I would have been <laughs> would have been sad. But yeah, it's actually really funny um, how you need to watch out for that card. Um, you you really don't see it much, but that's one warband that uses it very well. And I thought it was kind of also funny how like Bushwhacker has so many ways to like kill somebody. Um, <laughs> and like again, here we go about amber weapons, right? Amberbone weapons, and why I probably should have taken them. Uh, because they're just they're just so good and that extra glory boost um do you feel like you like so after that i guess that game where you kind of like okay it works or were you kind of just like ah, i don't know it was too close like close call kind of situation uh for my deck yeah you know i think i think i still wasn't sure um because i think that i could have lost either of those games uh, if they had been a little bit less dicey in my favor. Um, I also think that there were a couple situations where um, if he had focused Hrothkorn a little bit more and uh, you know and killed him, put a little bit more effort into killing him, then I may have run out of steam before he did. Although it's also, I also think that a lot of Hrothkorn decks don't rely on Hrothkorn as much as mine did. I think once Rothkorn dies, I really, really start to run out of options. I can't be, you know, flipping objectives or doing cover ground or, you know, some of the more passive stuff. So, And you um, were taking, like, massive bulk and tough and hide, right? Yeah, I had massive bulk, tough and hide. I had great fortitude as well. Um, so I had the ability to make him very, very difficult to kill. And I had the pushes, I, I hoped anyway. And I had Hydragos um, and Commanding Stride. And sidestep. So I had, hopefully I had the pushes to still be mobile enough after I massive bulked. I didn't have Fainway, but I would put that in if, if I played this deck again. Yeah, that, that right was on. A mistake not having that one. I think, yeah, Fainway would have been nice, but I mean maybe not because <laughs> they're always covered now. They're no longer those things on the we'll board get into are no why. longer. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into why I wish I had it, but Yeah. Uh. <laughs> cool. Well, let's jump to game 2 then. Um Sure. So, I played the uh the the, the king of the <laughs> the thorns. <laughs> uh Tommy Conboy in game in round 2. Um uh when it was announced, I was like, "Oh, man." You know, like as <laughs> the right. one person I was trying to dodge all day. Uh Probably like, and I obviously you, because I don't want us to play unless we have to. And like, you know, so. Yeah, and um, so far we've only played once. And that was at LVO. Yeah. 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 So, still 1 0. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, team, team of mod, people rejoice. <laughs> yeah, like well, all three of them. Appreciate it. Um, I'm sure there's more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I just I just realize I'm kind of an a hole sometimes, so it's okay. Um, I'm, I don't, but you know. Uh, anyways, we we played and um, it was it was tough. I think uh, I wrote some like the score. I try to re- remember who wins board. So he won board the first game, mm-hmm. and he took three objectives. And so. Um, kind of debunked my theory from the first round in a way <laughs> but uh he he had teched more for the mirror um mm. and i think that's really important 
to highlight because, uh, which was funny because like, you know, the first thing you asked me, like, what are you going to see at the event? I would have said thorns. Um, and I guess when building the deck, I completely forgot about the Amberbone weapons and they never really required in like the three, four practice games I played. So, Mm -hmm. um, that was immediately apparent when, you know, random chain rafts are like charging your chain rafts or, you know, the ever hanged, uh, you know, hitting for, you know, pretty accurately. It was, it was tough. Um, and so I, I knew I wasn't going to win the set. Um, I just was like, hopefully I can keep it close, um, do the best that I can, you know, maybe you maybe edge a game off him and then kind of, you know, uh, you know, play the game as, as best as I can. Um, and that, that actually didn't happen at all. Uh, <laughs> uh, is the, probably the worst <laughs> loss I've ever had in any sort of, actually in the game period, I've never lost that badly. Um, hmm. so I thought that was quite interesting. Uh, the first game he beat me 30 to 12. Um, so I think a combination of keys and Amberbone weapons, uh, really saw him take advantage of that. And, and it's, it's crazy. Cause in, like in both games, I neutralize his queen. Um, but I think a lot of, you know, having three objectives, teching for the mirror, and then, you know, he rolled a couple crits here and there on defense was I think enough. So, um, you know, it's funny, Jimmy and I had played two practice games on Wednesday, the, the event before, and he was mm-hmm. playing his, you know, notorious Amberbone gets. And uh, game one was, like, disgusting. Like, <laughs> he just killed everything, and I was like, crap, maybe I shouldn't play Thorns. And he's like, well, we should run that back, and then the exact opposite happens. I killed everything, and it was, like, mm-hmm. three, like very two very lopsided games. And he made a comment. He was like, you know, when, when two people are playing the Warbands you know, pretty optimally, it just really comes down to some of the external factors, like who's getting what, board objectives, dice rolls, things like that. And then, you know, when I talked to him about it post game, he was like, yeah, man, like, you know, game one was kind of one of those things we talked about, right? Where like things just don't go your way. Um, that, that in by no means undermines Convoy. Like he's, he's probably the best player right now in the game period. So, um, yeah, regardless I I of that. right like regardless of roles went my way a little bit more i don't i didn't think i was going to win that game and maybe that's part of the reason why i lost because i just knew that i already had like lost before i played the game because i was like ah, i just can't beat this guy at his own game well i mean i also think a lot of it has to do with like you were saying the mirror match situation mm-hmm. i think we've talked about it before where you know if you're playing something popular and you're expecting a mirror match if you tool into that because you know, the war bands are equal. Um, if one person texts a lot more into the mirror, then they're going to have a pretty strong advantage um, as well. You know, not not to mention, obviously, Tommy's a great player. Yeah, it's really funny. It's like all these signs were there, and I just, I don't know, I maybe blanked or I just ignored them, but I probably should have had you look at my deck once or twice. But uh, <laughs> Well, I, the, the other thing is that in the just the nature of two war bands trying to do the same thing, um, you know, it's kind of hard for two players to score supremacy at the same time. You know, it's kind of hard for two players to, you know, like if both people are trying to do the same thing, then if one of them does it and that means the other one doesn't, then I think those games are going to be sort of one-sided based on the, the person that's able to succeed, you know, first. Um, I don't know that every game like that would be a blowout, but I think I actually wouldn't be surprised if like, 
maybe half of them were one way or the other, and then the other half were closer, something mm-hmm. like that. Just, just no, kind of by the nature of how, you know, this, this game functions. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I mean, Glorious Triumph kind of helps mitigate that supremacy thing, yeah. but it was just things like, you know, I have coveted spoils, um, but I didn't draw it until like all my chain rafts are dead, you know, like right, right. it was just things like that happened. And, um, but again, very good player played very well, kicked my butt game two. <laughs> um, you know, I won the board off. So I was like, okay, I'll just take the three objectives. Um, and it was, I think it was a very close game. Uh, and the score is not indicative of that at all. <laughs> um, he beat me 21 to nine. Very, uh-huh. very big difference. Um, but it was it was just kind of like, I you know it was just things here and there that were just like we were playing like on a knife's edge, and then you know as soon as someone slips, the other person takes full advantage, and that's what happened. I think I think I misplayed in the second game, and 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 you know because you know he's very well versed with this warband, he immediately saw I misplayed, took advantage of it, and crushed me, um, and and that's what. I would have done in his situation if I, if the roles were reversed, right? So, um, you know, I I took it with grace. And I was like, you know, I was you know we were super polite. I I I tried to make sure that I sounded as uh as chill as I could, even though I was getting my you know my butt kicked in. Because <laughs> you know sometimes you can kind of get annoyed, you know, like of course I miss or like you know, like yeah. give me something. Um, so that's kind of how it went, and uh, I was like, okay, well maybe I can still make top eight but i was like also like i also went minus 30 in that game (laughs) um you know like it's it was like i don't i don't know so that's i was feeling very concerned going into this third game um because i was like well i was like should i just drop here you know and i was like eh, i don't know like the third third round yeah the third round sorry um but i thought about (laughs) dropping at lunch um but I know that I would have never heard the end of it from Jimmy, so <laughs> I just I stuck through. How about your game two? Or round two, rather. Yeah, so my round two was against... Uh, hmm. You know, I didn't say... I didn't write whose name it was. I apologize for whoever that was. Um, I was against Grimwatch, though. And uh, this was the game where the dice... Where I, I really got to experience what it was like having four or five dice re-rolling because in both of the games the two of the cards I drew in my first hand were Hunter's Talisman and Strength of Terror (laughs) and I had a little bit of a slow first turn and uh, I would say both games were basically the same Um, I think I lost the border off both times and was diagonal boarded but the only thing that I really needed to happen was for Hrothgorn to you know just get in the middle of their board so the last activation of the round or or something close to it i just charged into the middle um i think i just didn't miss um because i either had victimize or um a similar you know the ravenous fury to attack again or um something like that and um i think one of them i got hidden purpose early and then i got calculated risk or i got calculated risk onto an objective then i moved and got hidden purpose then I moved, got gathered momentum, and then I charged and got like brought to bay or something. <laughs> and then that inspired me, and then I had five dice in the next turn. Um, so the first game, 
Um, I believe I killed everything. And I got, it was 25 to 2. So it mm. was, I, I, I don't think I missed an attack that game. Except maybe with the cat as I got gathered momentum. Something like that. But but that's the game where you have Hunter's Talisman and Strength of Terror in your opening Yeah. Hand. Yeah. Okay. So as, as soon as I, like basically once I put those two upgrades on him, I just didn't miss again. And you're and you're rolling into one dodge, exactly. Because Grimmauds are basically all one dodge. Yeah. Um, you know the leader, and I think the bats at one point. Um, yeah. And, and Valreek, I think she's yeah. on two dodge. And 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 you know I think that is like an eighty percent or maybe even ninety percent, you know, rate of going through. Um, and then I have you know if I do miss, I can play the card to try again. If I, you know, if I don't want to miss, I can try victimize. But it's honestly like kind of overkill at that point. <laughs> Um, uh, and then, you know, not only that, um, cause I think he did manage to kill the cat and, uh, stop me from stopping him inspiring, um, the couple times that he charged and, you know, needed, uh, Griswold to do big damage on me or something. I think that attack missed. So it was one of those games where, uh, their dice were not very good. And when I got those upgrades on, you know, it's, I just don't miss. So I just killed everything. Um, the second game was much, uh, felt much closer, but was very similar. Um, he actually got Prothcorn down to one wound at one point, and then the then he made a four dice attack to kill him and missed. And then Oof. the next turn, I was able to get him back up to four health, and then damage reduction with the two health upgrades and the damage reduction upgrade. So uh, it was not quite as bad as twenty five to two, but it ended up fifteen to three. So, um, and that was where I really realized just how amazing five dice with three rolls is. <laughs> how silly, silly awesome it is. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It, I guess, especially against the Grimwatch, which I think is like the dream matchup for me because they're all like, maybe skeletons would be better. Because they're slow. <laughs> but but yeah. they can come back and like, they actually get scary when they come back. The Grimwatch are mostly, you know, gone. Um, yeah. So your opponent was Dennis Corzin. Okay, yeah, uh, and, and um, you know, <laughs> as, he he was a great sport, um, considering the the beating that Rothcorn was dishing out, um, and uh, it was so it was a fun game, but it it was it was a, definitely a, a strange experience, uh, just having that much power and then, uh, you know, basically just landing every attack. Like I, I may have missed two attacks. I'm, I'm not even really sure if I did. Yeah, I'm looking at the score. Because at BCP it's still up and it's like forty to five, and I was like really curious to see what happened. You just yeah. did, you 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 Tommy convoyed this man, <laughs> and Dennis was me. And it's funny because you were at table eight and I'm at table nine. Um, yeah. And it's like it's forty to f- well you you did forty to five and he did fifty five to twenty five, so still pretty pretty close. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I, I it so that's when you were like okay this works I'm I'm ready like I think I can do this. Yeah, yeah, that was the point where I was like, oh, all I have to do is get in the middle of everything and then just kill it all. Um, and, uh, you know, as much as I was able to do that, this event, it, it did kind of work. So you 2 owed your first opponent and then you 2 owed your second opponent? Mm-hmm, yep. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And uh, so I have a question, though. So how come only 2 glory? You said he got 2 glory from killing Hrothgorn and, and someone else in the first game, but it's like, why wasn't he doing, um, like, hidden purpose, like calculated no, risk like what what was going on there like did he just not get anything i'm not sure what the second glory was um the one of the glories was definitely killing the cat 
the cat. Okay. Maybe there was a hidden purpose in there. Um, I'm I'm honestly not sure. It sounds like he tried to just prioritize killing you, which isn't a bad idea. But if it didn't work the first time, I would have just said, okay, I'll just try to score everything before he kills me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm honestly not sure. Um, I mean, it was, it was just so brutal that I don't know if there was really that much that he could do. I think that he did. (laughs) It was so brutal. You blacked out. Um, and so maybe his cards ended up bricking where he needed the three objectives, but then couldn't get to them. Um, because I don't think he wanted, I think he prioritized inspiration over anything else. And I'm not sure if that's the right thing to do in this matchup. Yeah, no, yeah, I guess you missed the joke that I had said in there. Oh. Uh, but I was like, you know, it was so brutal, like, you you forgot it. Oh. <laughs> and you were the one doing the br- the brutalizing, so. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's what happens sometimes, I guess. That's just how the cookie crumbles. <laughs> I'll never forget that from Bruce Almighty. Um, it's round three then, <laughs> shall we? Sure. So we, uh, so I guess in the trend, I'll continue starting this off. Sure. Um, I played against Paul McCabe, mm-hmm. and we played uh, Paul Mc- McLock- McLaughlin, actually, Paul McLaughlin, and he played Zarbag's Gits. And so when I saw this, I was kind of, I was like, oh, you know, another objective warband. But at the same time, <laughs> I was like, well, I, I kind of got some practice into this because I played Jimmy twice the other day, um, and I've played against Jimmy's deck multiple times. So I was like, all right. Maybe I can, you know, maybe I, I know what's going on here. And so he won boards in game one. And I kind of actually wanted him to do that, to take the three objectives, which he did. And so it was interesting. He used Drizgit's move action to, like, initiate, like, a mass move around. And it's because he was running Mad Scurry. So as soon as I saw, like, the Squigs moving, Drizgit moving, and then everybody else moving... I was mm-hmm. like, okay, so he got all three objectives. He got the temp. He got the hidden purpose. He got the mad scurry. He got the great gains. He got all those cards. It worked great. But then I was like, but now you all, all your guys have move tokens. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. Um, so in the first game, I got like an early hidden purpose, put great strength on to the queen, smacked Zarbak, got him. And then from there, it was just like Everhang, Varklav, and the, the queen kind of fought with his whole warband. Um, and it was pretty close, uh, 23 to 21. I took game one. Oh, yeah, that is close. Yeah, and uh, I think he scored like a big card at the end of the game. But I had, uh, uh, I don't know, I had something. Like I think it was uh, Absolute Stillness and Cryptic Companion. Those really came through that game. Oh, yeah. And I was also running Test of Courage, which a lot of people can't really mess up because it's not worth wasting a distraction at most of the time. Mm-hmm. And then it's also like you can't mischievous spirits around it, right? Unless it's it's unless it's already been mischievous spirits, to where the objective is on the lethal token. So I think Test of Courage was a was a great card, really strong with the warband. And then game two, he won board. He won the roll off. He decided to longboard me mm-hmm. because he saw how efficient my warband was at charging him, and I was uh, I was a little surprised, but I think he messed up objective deployment. Uh, because I was still able to fit all three comfortably on my end. Um, mm-hmm. But he denied me a swift capture, I think, by putting it in the middle or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But regardless, I... And I didn't score it that game, so he did it right. But I because I have three objectives, and he just wasn't able to get near my back line. 
and, and you have like the queen and Varclav sitting in the front, like next to the one chain rast on that first objective that's closest to him. Yeah. It was like a very unattractive target. So I just like score through my whole deck and then like Briar Queen's sudden appearance is up and then just starts like nuking gets. Um <laughs> and I it was like it was felt really nice actually. I was like, you know, this is a warband that I think has the advantage against me, but I don't think he had as many Amberbone weapons. And I think like actually there was a really funny part in the first game where he like shifting reflection with uh, Snurk and like all my chain rats were in a row because he took like collapse <laughs> and he rolled four hammers and oh, so no. and, and on both of the chain rafts had one health left because of collapse and i had like <laughs> moved them away from the edge hex unless in case he had like encroaching shadows or something and so he just like barrels through two chain rafts kills them and then ends up next to the one chain rafts with like cryptic companion and like <laughs> you know who's sitting on objective trying to score me absolute um stillness and so yeah. i was like really stressed out and i was like why is like snark doing so well um <laughs> and he actually had tossed obliterated and then and then the next round killed four of my guys with snark oh my god so i i was like man because if, if he had if he had kept obliterated then i think we would have tied 23 23 and i don't know if who had the tiebreaker then so wow. that was uh it was interesting so i think it was like and i even i even was like yo that's crazy like you're relying on snark so much but he was so effective and he's like yeah he just works really well for me but then in game two like first move action with snark he like went backwards <laughs> and and i was like well you know yeah sometimes it doesn't work out and and, and that's what helped me maintain my aggressiveness um yeah I, I think if you have shifting reflection in your git stack which i think that uh maybe something we talk about later I, I actually think that card is really good right now um then i think snark is a lot more useful because you can scurry him onto an objective early and then at the opportune time you can shifting reflection him in so i think that's yeah. pretty cool no, I, it was, it was like picture perfect. How great it worked out for him. <laughs> it sounds um, like it, yeah. And I was, I would literally was just like, like jaw dropped. I was like, am I about to, you know, am I about to lose to a dude who's killed my whole warband with Snurk? I was like, is this really happening? Um, which kudos to him for like trying that tack and it working out. You know, there's a lot of yeah. risk associated with that. And I was just like, oh my goodness, he's lined this up perfectly. Um, but I just That's managed like to edge dream. it out. Yeah. It was, it was the dream. And so that was, that was another thing I was like, I guess if I do lose this game, like, you know, I don't, hopefully the odds of that happening again are lower, but, um, right, right, right. If you're going to cool. lose, you want it to be like those big moments anyway. Cause yeah, those are the ones exactly. You yeah. yeah. So I, I'll, I'll probably never forget that moment. So thank you Paul <laughs> for just showing me that was possible. Um, that was cool. And, uh, and so I, he was a very pleasant opponent. Uh, we had some good laughs and, uh, dramatically improved my mood after the the can of beating I had gotten the, the round before. So, um, you know, it was like, all right, I'm two and one. I got to win game four. You know, let's see, let's or match four. Let's see where it goes. And I think, uh, you had a really interesting matchup in round three. Yeah. Speaking of a, of a beating, um, <laughs> I got to play Eric and, uh, Eric is the eyes of the nine player that has been doing very he very is well Vortimus. yeah yeah and, and his deck was very cool um and i i would say generally that i think his deck is about as hard a counter uh to mine as possible because the really cool thing about the way he was 
doing the deck was um, he had a lot of objective play and he would teleport the horror in my back line um, he would teleport fighters you know across the board onto objectives um, you know Fainway and the the eyes car that's a 50 50 teleport whether it's on an objective or a starting hex and um, he had shifting reflection and he really just played it perfectly because the thing the thing with Rothcorn is I need to get a kill in the first round. I need to charge you. I need to kill somebody next to me so I inspire. And then when, I, when I've when i done that, I need to be in the middle of you so I can start shooting at you. Um, and I have some mobility tricks. Um, and I have accuracy tricks so that when I do get those attacks in, they, they count. Mm-hmm. But if you're able to deny that, then it really shuts down my glory train because I don't have a lot of the passive stuff that... Uh, you know, I, I might have otherwise. So my really right. my only option here, for the most part, other than calculated risk and purpose, is going to be to kill you. And uh, he really just denied that. <laughs> um, there was a in the first game I remember I played sidestep, and he had distraction, and then I played distraction, and then I think he had maybe he had sidestep. He had something that pushed me away. Um, the way that his deck was built, I think it was almost entirely card draw and uh, mobility tech. Um, so the first round I did not, I was not able to get a charge off. I think I actually killed, um, Narvia and Torash, but I killed one of them with the cat to get gathered momentum. And then I had to shoot the other one. So it wasn't next to me when it died. So I didn't inspire. And then basically the first thing that he did in the beginning of the second round was play a restless prize, move an objective under Hrothgorn. And then he shifting reflection to me back into my own area because the blue horror was on an or the not blue horror the other guy the uh kacharik was in my area because he had just fain weighed <laughs> so oh, wow. the whole basically the whole first turn his mobility was just completely wasted and i was back in my starting area and that's why i really wish i had fain crystal because <laughs> there was just no way for me to come back like yeah that's i I basically had to choose which side of the board to stay in, and I think I just I was just never able to kill Vortimus because he was all the way on the other side, um, you know, just kind of hiding. Um, so that game he got me twelve to twenty three, um, and you know he was able to score a bunch of stuff. He got uncontested at one point. Kacharik killed you know a lot of my fighters. I think most of my little ones, um, and uh, it was just just a, just very very well played. It's 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 cool when you're trying to do something, and you 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 have some tools to help you do it, and then the other player is able to just systematically deny <laughs> every single part of what you're trying to do. And you're yeah. Like, oh, okay. All yeah. Right. No, that's that's how it felt like in in game in game against Tommy. Yeah. Where it was like anytime yeah. I tried anything, he had the answer for it. Like I was like, I'll mischievous spirits. He's like, cool, drifting advance. Like all three chain of us are back on. You know. I know the feeling. It was, yeah. It's it's really it's really refreshing to an extent to, like, because you'd usually do it to other people, uh, but then to have it done <laughs> to you so efficiently, yeah, is like is like a is quite like you're like I was like wow okay that's how it's done huh <laughs> yeah that's how it feels yeah it was uh, it was real tough it's 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 uh, it was it's just interesting to f- to know that. You know, because because we're we're pretty familiar with this game, so the whole time I was like, yeah, there's absolutely nothing I can do here, but we'll we'll keep trying. <laughs> um, yeah. And the second game was basically the same. Um, I was able to get twelve glory, and 
he got 26. Um, I don't think there were as many cool moments where, like, the teleport, really him teleporting me back into my own area was a real, a real tough one in the first game. But uh, he did sort of hide the fact that he had coveted spoils from me, and then he, like, I tried to block his uncontested, and he's like, oh, okay, I'll just get coveted spoils then. <laughs> and uh, so it, it was just great. It was, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun to see that warband played at that level. And particularly because I think I would consider my full aggro Hrothgorn to sort of be the best matchup possible. Um, mm-hmm. it, I haven't felt that helpless in this game in, in a while. <laughs> so it was a, it was an interesting experience for sure. Yeah. But uh, I think we, we both, we both got that feeling for sure. And it, I, I, this is a testament to the way that Eric systematically kind of shut you down was yeah. he just he knew what he needed to do and and that's kind of what you alluded to earlier in this game or in this podcast rather was there are people who will dedicate themselves to a warband and really figure out everything that they can possibly figure out and then surprise you with how well they do with them right because this is a warband that has been a butt of a lot of jokes <laughs> yeah, but that's true then you have someone who's consistently you know not only taking down another great player, but then, you know, by such a degree. So like what, what was like the, do you remember like a play or something that he did that was just like, Oh, you know, like, damn, that's it. Like, that's the game. Um, was there anything that was really crazy that happened where he just countered you perfectly? Or was it just like a, you know, succession of events really? Um, well, so the way that the game is right now where it's kind of a race to see who has more pushes in a lot of ways, um, there were certain situations where, you know, I would say to myself, okay, I need to close the distance here and I have two ways to do it. And as long as he doesn't have three ways to, or two ways to stop me, I'll be fine. And then every single time he had two. But I think the biggest moment, honestly, was when he restless prized the objective underneath Rothgorn. You know, and then it was my power step. So I can do something. But I didn't have anything that I could do and I you know saw Kacharik and I saw the blue horror in my zone and I was like oh no <laughs> yeah because I knew it was going to happen like there's only one reason to do that you know and that's, yeah. that's shifting reflection so <laughs> and there it was but it was uh it was a lot of fun <laughs> sounds like it was a lot if of fun. if I have to lose it's like all right just disassemble me <laughs> yeah and, it, and it's cool to lose in in a way like that i guess if, if you're gonna lose right as you mentioned earlier lose in in a cool way and so yeah that's what your opponent did easy he played a really cool warband and he did it in a cool way yeah so. and i think maybe i think maybe i made at least one mistake where there was a mischievous spirits at one point and i i moved an objective away from me when i should have moved it towards me and kind of forced him to you know, at least get near me if possible. But, you know, and the other thing to mention, I think that uh, is I don't know if I've ever seen anyone hit that many two swords attacks. Uh, I think he landed almost every single attack he made, but it also didn't matter at all because he was able to just outmaneuver Rothgorn basically the entire game. So like he killed my little guys a lot more than I think would be average, but, you know, 26 and 23 to 12, like it didn't matter. Um, but, uh, just very, very interesting, but probably my, probably my favorite game of the 
event, to be honest. That's awesome. Probably the one I'm going to remember the most. Maybe that and the <laughs> the Crim Watch silliness, but yeah, I'll uh, I'll never forget the Tommy game. <laughs> yeah, I told him I was like, I'll get you next time. He's like, you can try Tongue Face, <laughs> and I was like, all right, all right. So yeah, I I think a lot of us know what it's like to get our butt kicks butts kicked by Tommy. <laughs> yeah, it was it was After this it event. was uh, it, Oh yeah, yeah, we'll get into that and then get to that in a bit. Yeah. Um. So let's get into game four then. So round four. So we sure. are going into the final event, and I was like, man, I really need to get this win. And then for some reason, I get paired up against like the one of two undefeated people in this event. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or one of four undefeated. So I think Tommy had lost the round before to Benny. Yeah, he lost in round three. Yep. Yeah, so Benny, so then I was like, so there was like, I think two or three undefeated players. And I know that I was on the lower end. I think end it was five. Of, oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was okay. Eric and Mike, Philip. Philip and. Maybe Benny. Benny. Yeah. yeah. And then the. Uh, and then Kristoff? I think so. Something, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I know so it I was, was the, five. And you, and I think you may have been. For whatever reason, you were because there's an odd number. You were paired with one of them. And yeah, it was Phil. I was I was the only one paired up, and it was Philip. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, and I was looking at this Lucky guy's score, you. and I was like, I know, I was, I was like, I'm looking at this guy's score, and I was like, why the hell am I playing this guy? And I was like, Jimmy, like you know, is this right? He's like, it's right. And I was like, all right, YOLO. And I look at his warband, and I was like, undefeated with Grashrax despoilers. What is happening? Yeah. So. I was like, okay, well, so I immediately assumed Amber Bone Weapons, and then, you know, they have Despoilers, which is, you know, essentially temporary victory. So I was like, I'm sure there's some sort of similar combination there. So we get into game one, and he uh, wins boards. So he takes three objectives. I was like, man, okay. Uh, You know, I was hoping he'd come to me. And then um, I'm like trying to figure out how to go about it. And then I see like a really tasty Drachnar kill. And uh, I went for it. Sudden appearance, went for Grash- or Drachnar. I roll three dice. I only get one in Fury. And then he, um, he like single blocks me. And then he returns and kills the Briar Queen with Strength of Terror and Great Strength <laughs> or Sting of the Urgrove. And I was like, no. So, yeah, it was not, not fun. And so from there, it was just like cat and mouse, like, and, you know, he ran Amber. He did run Mace and, and Sword. So um, all in all, it was just a lot of intense pushing back and forth, trying to, you know, and I was getting real aggressive with the Everhanged and Varclav. And then I think at the end of the game state, he had one fighter alive and I had like three. Um, But uh, it was 25-25 and I had two guys and on objective and he had one. So I took wow. game one. Wow, that's really yes. close. Super close. Um, again, you know, wishing I had Amberbone weapons as well. Uh, so, um, very, very good use of his tack. And he had Restless Prize as one of his restricted cards. Mm-hmm. So, it was very, very uh, nasty. Because, you know, we've talked about this on the past. Like, if someone has Restless Prize and the other one doesn't, then the oh, person yeah. with, you know, RP will take the probably win the objective battle for that round at least and i think that that's one of the cool things about 
the current meta that I did not expect is that because despoilers didn't get any faction restrictions, they can afford to take Restless Prize and Cryptic Companion and you know Temporary Victory, whereas like Thorns can't. Um, so yeah, I think he took Hidden Purpose, Temporary Victory, and Restless Prize. Uh, well, Hidden Purpose isn't restricted, so. Oh. I'm already assuming it is going to be. <laughs> Should be uh, probably, but he had sudden uh, growth. That's what it was. Oh, sudden growth. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, yeah I, I guess either way, like it's it's and they have a shortcut trigger and they have their own uh, unrestricted temporary victory. So like, I think they're actually really good right now. <laughs> yeah, he would just have an objective in the back line, and then he would have course in the back line, and then first activation he would teleport course even one hex over sometimes. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I score shortcut. And it can and get you swift like, capture if you, you know, there's one in the enemy edge. Yeah. Um, he had shifting reflection as well, which was so frustrating at times. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, I cut that card out like, like two <laughs> days before. Um, and I don't know, I think I, to put in, I think howling vortex mm-hmm. and like that card didn't go off for me majority of the day. So <laughs> I think, I think I should have so. taken that. Right. Um, so then game two, he wins the board. He won the board all three games. So I'm giving a bit of a spoiler because he wins game <laughs> two. Um, so he won the board again, took objectives. Uh, this time he got his Amber Bowen weapons early. I missed some attacks. He nailed some attacks. Went back and forth. And, and then, like, end of round two, I had, like, lost Varclav, the Bar Queen, and the Everhanged. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, hey, we can just we can just go to game three if you want. And he was like, I'd like to just finish scoring. And I was like, sure. And I was like, do I want to score or do I want to pass and not show him what's in my deck? And I chose to pass. Uh. So he, because I didn't want him to see like some of the cards because I didn't get through everything in the first game. Right. Um, or maybe, or even if I did, he might have forgotten, right? But if I show him twice, it may stick in his mind more. So I just passed the rest of the game. And in like a minute, he was at 22 glory. Uh, and I was at, and then I just stayed at 15. Mm-hmm. Um, so he takes game two um, and then we go to game three he wins the boards again and uh, it's same as game one like back and forth like I will admit that Philip played a very very good game and he knew he made some optimal decisions and um, very understood the, the, the objective game very well um, and so it came down to the and I think we our game had lasted very long, and so uh, at one point, like we had like like twenty people watching our game, <laughs> and uh, you kind of jumped in, and you're like, "Hey, everyone!" Oh, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and I was like, and you were just like, is, "Is this is this where everyone's at?" And I was like, "Jonathan, we're in the middle of a game," and you're like, "Oh, oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because um, my game finished, I think, and I was talking to Tony, and uh, I just sort of blindly went into the channel that everybody was in and because I, it had been so long that I, I thought that it was over. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, it was, it, yeah, it was, it was funny though. And then, so you got to catch the tail end of it, but it came down to, it was like, like three or four fighters total left on the board. And, um, yeah. he, they were all in the back of my zone, like chain rafts surrounding like grass rack. Yeah. Grass rack mm-hmm. who had like sudden growth on him. So I have like Test of Courage in my hand, Absolute Stillness, Cryptic Companion on the Chain Rasp, and then uh, another two Glory Objective. I don't know if it was Great Gains or something like that. 
and then he mischievous spirits, but then I mischievous spirits back. And like, we don't care about any other objective, <laughs> but the one that's next to my cryptic companion, Chain Rasp and his grass rack. Mm-hmm. And then he made a comment and he was like, mischievous spirits wins me a game. Mischievous spirits will lose me a game. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of how that card goes. Um, and I was really proud of myself because, uh, I kind of snatched that one out of, out of his grasp, which I thought, I thought he had at one point. Um, but I just kind of kept trying to power through and I ended up winning the game, uh, 24 to 21. Wow. So as you can imagine, he was ahead, but I scored seven glory in the end phase, which, and he only scored three. So, um, he got hoarder, which he ran hoarder and he scored it every game. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think Quarter's so, a good one for them. Yeah, absolutely. So it was a really good game, especially with Amberbone weapons. You know, it yeah. kind of adds to that. So I really enjoyed myself, and and uh, I was like, you know, I took down one of the undefeated guys. So pretty pretty neat. <laughs> um, kind of gave me that, you know, another boost confidence. And um, I think after that, uh, actually before we get into that, let's hear about your game four. Uh, yeah, so my game four was against a despoiler player as well. It was against Anton. Um, and I think it was funny because I don't think either of us were really expecting them, but I was definitely surprised how effective they were, um, particularly in our second game. In the first game we played, it was a little bit more like the Grimwatch situation, although not quite as drastic. But um, I, it ended up diagonal board... Um, I'm not sure who set it up that way. One of the things I noticed this event was that people would diagonal board me. And I don't think that's a problem for Hothcorn. I don't really want you to get to my Noblars. So I'll, you know, and I'll just pick a board that's pretty good at getting Hothcorn in at you. Um, the biggest weakness is when you're able to get behind me and then force me to split. Um, you know, which some people were able to do and others were not. But. Um, in the first game, it was a lot like the Grimwatch situation where I very quickly got to four or five dice, um, with a reroll and, uh, killed a lot of, a lot of goats. Um, I think I wiped the warband out in the first game, uh, and it ended up as 21 to 14. Um, my notes just say killed everything five dice <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> that's like the recurring theme of the of the day yeah, for you. yeah it, it was kind of the idea of the deck and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't but uh i would say it worked more often than it didn't <laughs> yeah yeah um and then the second game was much much closer um there was it was actually kind of interesting trying to think about how the dispoilers work how to stop them i ended up putting a trap on the objective that was you know on the edge so that if uh the sneak did teleport in he would die um and that was interesting um it it basically all came down i think to the last couple rolls i had to kill one of his fighters by shooting him and knocking him into that trap and then uh, there was another fighter that had crown of avarice and if i didn't kill him i think we would have tied um or no if we didn't kill if, if i had missed that last shot into the trap and i didn't kill this other fighter then we would have tied um, but the fighter had Crown of Avarice, so like I didn't really get anything from that. I just couldn't have him standing on an objective. Uh, so very close. That one was 16 to 15. Um, and I guess it probably did come down to a couple dice rolls. The main difference just being that, you know, I have five dice. <laughs> so I don't know if it was a very small chance, but uh, um, they were good games. And I was impressed by uh, 
you know how what the warband was able to do with the spoilers like i i may give them another spin in this current card pool because they seem like a lot of fun and they uh they have some advantages over some of the other warbands with things like a shortcut trigger and you know their own temporary victory so um and i don't think there's too much hard aggro in the game right now so yeah i think my deck and is i think they're one of the liar true but i also think they're one of the few warbands that can also kind of do it reasonably well now i mean not yeah. hard aggro but they can tilt into that game more than most warbands can uh and and Drachnar being such a pivotal piece of that right and 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 in this situation you don't really care if grashrak dies because he's just another Drachnar to you uh because you don't really care he's a leader or he's a wizard yeah so. and and with like cards like victimize um that give him another dice or you know haymaker or um and i think victimize is pretty solid in general because of how much quarry stuff there is right now um uh, as well as they can afford to take a lot of damage they don't really need a lot of those upgrade slots for anything else and hammerbone weapons and then they have a, a great push card and you can just take a few more push and mobility cards and so very cool very cool but i ended up winning uh the set 37 to 19 um my notes for the second game say very close game down to the last uh couple activations so Right on. Looks like we had some very close games towards the end of the day against some great opponents playing a uh, underrepresented warband, but one that has pleasantly surprised almost everyone, I think. So Yeah, I um, think so. Super cool. Um, after the end of my game, I was like waiting to see if I'd made the top eight. And I think you and I were laughing about it. It's like, well, I guess one of us will get to sleep in tomorrow um, <laughs> or you know, if we don't make it. Mm-hmm. And so I think I was like seventh or eighth but then some of the results hadn't populated. And then after it all processed, uh, I was just short. So I ended 10th on the day. So still top 10, mm-hmm. um, which is, I think, you know, something I was happy with. I was uh, three and one is, is, is probably the best that you can hope for in such a competitive field. And uh, uh, I think there was only one undefeated player at the end of the day. And that was uh, at the end of the Swiss, which was Michael Carlin. Uh, um, I think there were two. I think it was Eric and Michael. Oh, that's right. Eric and Michael. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, um, so I think that's really cool to see, you know, most people, uh, get in three, one and you, uh, made it in at I think seventh. Um, I don't think I was six. Maybe I was seventh. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I think seventh, I was six. Yeah. I think I was six going into the seating. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think so. Tommy was third. Yeah. yeah, I didn't make it because of. Uh, oh, and I forgot to tell you the overall glory difference for my game with Philip was he had sixty eight glory and I had sixty four. So wow. even though I won the set, I was minus four glory. So I think my uh, overall on the day I ended up being negative twelve, uh, and, yeah. um, and I had four game losses. And I think everyone who made it into the top eight had three game losses. But even then, I probably wouldn't have made it because of my negative glory differential. So, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I, I probably it, it, so it comes down to that Tommy game again, which <laughs> you know knew I wasn't going to win. So yeah, uh, forty players is kind of a strange number. Um, you know, so like most of the three and ones get to go in, but then there were two or three other ones that it's down to the tiebreakers, and you know, there's not really anything wrong with the tiebreakers in this game, but uh, you know, they're not as. It'd be nice if like everybody could get in or. Honestly, they could have probably just played a, a final with 40 players, but 
Um, yeah, actually, that's a good point. It, if there's only Eric and Michael just could have played a fi- final. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, but I guess that's not how the event was advertised, right? So yeah, I mean, um, you wouldn't want to change it, but um, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I thought it was cool to. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm always happy to to make the cut. Um, I did have to. I I, I knew I was going to face Tommy. I joked that I'm going to wake up at you know eight o'clock in the morning and immediately lose. <laughs> and then go back to sleep and then go back to sleep yeah yeah um so so what happened what happened in day two um i basically woke up and immediately lost <laughs> <laughs> um it was interesting uh it was one of the matchups that going into it um i was pretty sure i didn't have the glory ceiling to beat his deck um because i think you know i i just know that thorns can take a ridiculous amount of glory i think uh, we mentioned before I made a thorn stack um, that I think you can you can put 35 glory into a thorn stack if you take all the amber bones and cryptic and tomo glories and you get tomo glories and cryptic three times, and that's a bit of an extreme advantage you know example but um, you know I think your deck had about 25 after all the glory and I think Tommy's probably had 27 something like that with the amber bones <clears throat> um, and he had keys I think right. I don't think he had think any he keys. Did. I think he had a key. Maybe I'm wrong. I think wrong. he had just had cryptic. Um, Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he swapped keys for Amberbone. I think he Maybe did. I'm confusing the keys with Gits because he had keys. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Looking at his deck. Oh, yeah. I don't have his deck pulled up. So. Uh, yeah. No, I don't see any. Uh, no keys? keys? No. Okay. Um, but uh, so the first game was actually was going okay. Um, I killed one of his chain rasps. Um, it was actually a pretty cool, cool uh, play on his part. I charged one of his chain rasps to stop the test of courage because um, it was in a lethal hex, and he countercharged onto another lethal hex with the queen. So he still got it, um, but I did kill the chain rasp, so that was nice. And I used that glory to give myself strength of terror, and then the queen's next to me. And I also used, uh, I scored something else, and was able to put Sting of the Urgrub on me. So I'm sitting there with three smash and uh, three, you know, four damage, and the queen's right next to me. So, and I'm in a pretty good spot where, um, you know, going into round two, if I'm able to kill the queen, the rest of his warband is kind of just standing right in front of me. And. I win the roll off to go first. In my hand, I have the uh, Ravenous Fury card to attack again if I do miss. So I'm feeling pretty good going into this that I'm about to one shot the queen. <laughs> and yeah, right. uh, I roll it, and I don't remember what I roll, but it was something with successes. And uh, he, I think he plays Buried Instinct to go on guard, and he rolls a crit and a shield and stops me. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to play Ravenous Fury and try again. And then he rolls a crit in his shield and he stops me. <laughs> so that did not work. Um, and then he immediately tooled up the queen and hit me for five damage, um, which was not good. I actually would have also just been pushed into a lethal and died, but I had my own buried instinct. But, you know, I didn't inspire, so I only have one dice. So, um, Took, took five damage there, and I was like, well, I better at least try to take out Varclav um, with my last health remaining. I charge, and he rolls a crit and a shield. <laughs> so 
So I'm like, wow. okay. <laughs> um, so I didn't Just kill one of those. Yeah, it's payback for all the times where you didn't even like care about your opponent's yeah. dice rolls. Huh? I, I think that's what it was because I missed three three smash into two dodge. You know, each of those is I think a little bit better than a fifty fifty in my favor. Um, maybe the guard one is like right at fifty fifty. Um, actually, I think I did the math and it's like fifteen percent for me to miss two of those in a row. But um, anyway, that was sort of the theme of that game. Um, I think the it starting in that second round, the I think he rolled four crit defenses in a row, um, and then I lost Rothgorn and I lost the cat, and uh, I think I pretty much pretty much everything just died after then. I was able to drop the trap, and then hit the queen into the trap with an amberbone weapon. So that was I guess like a small moral victory at the end of the first game. Um, there you go, taking the small ones. <laughs> yeah, but it ended uh, seventeen to seven. Um, to him so uh, you know not much we could do there I, I think if I had killed the queen um, and inspired getting another defense dice and you know some glory from that I don't know what upgrades I had at the time but I think it's likely that uh, he wouldn't have been able to kill me quite as fast because then you know maybe Varclav would have charged me uh, maybe that would have missed you know maybe I would have killed Varclav you know so I, I think that was a pretty big swing where that double attack missed um you know, but sometimes you're in the that fifteen percent of realities where <laughs> that happens. Um, and then the second game was much much closer. Um, it I think it really came down to kind of like I said earlier, where if the opponent can force you to split uh, your resources because you really only have one big resource, um, sometimes that can be a weakness. So there was a point in the second game where. Uh, I had to charge the queen, and I, I got uh, got Victoria's duel off of it. it. Scored quite a bit of glory, but um, it forced me to go back into my own deployment zone because she had just teleported. Um, there was also a point in the first game where I deployed incorrectly. Um, I put Rathner actually too close to the enemy, so and I knew I had gathered momentum. I just made that mistake, I guess, where I put him too close, and I wasn't mm-hmm. able to get. I wasn't able to score gathered momentum on any of the charge targets um, without burning both distraction and then because he howling vortexed me right away, um, I had to, or I did center of attention first and then I had to burn distraction. Um, and and I really needed to get the gathered momentum because that got my like glory train started. I think I put on a damage and then I think I killed Varclav, I inspired. Um, the game was much, much closer um, and ended up 16 to 20 but i think that because i because of my deployment mistake um i had to give up too much of my disruption and then later in the game he was able to you know get a lot of his end phase glory which i think is what uh, secured it for him um not to mention kind of basically making me choose between going back into my own area and killing the queen or you know continuing forward and killing everything in his zone, but it's probably losing all of my Noblars. So um, he did a great job of not really giving me a good choice and, you know, capitalizing on uh, the mistake that I made, I guess, with the deployment. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's, he's, he's very good at that. <laughs> <laughs> making, making you pick between two pretty bad choices. So, um, yeah, well, um, at least you made it to uh, day two. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and I and I just want to clarify for everyone that the top eight was uh, my you know going in Michael Carlin with Molog's Mob at number one, Eric with Eyes of the Nine at two, Philip with Ravagers three, Tommy Conboy Thorns four, Joey with Magor's. So I must. Oh no, have sorry, been Jonathan, you're five. Yeah. Jonathan Davis at five, Matthew Penner with Thorns at six, Joey with Magor is at seven, and then Benny Monahan with Morn Flat at eight. And so after that first round, um, we jump to a uh, uh, a top four, right? Because half the warbands knock each other out. Yeah. And so it was um, Michael Carlin against Conboy mm-hmm. and uh, Eric versus Philip. Yep. So uh, four different warbands in the top four. Thorns of the Briar Queen versus Moloch's Mob. And Grashrex spoilers was Eyes of the Nine, which is really cool. It's Battle of the Beastmen, yeah. <laughs> um, in a way. And so uh, I I watched the Carlin Convoy game because obviously both both of our friends, yeah, and fellow practice mates, and I think you had flirted between the two, and um, was watching the game, and it's so interesting. And this is kind of what happened in your game too. Anytime, you know, Tommy makes a save in any of those games. Um, Every save after that is a is compounding effect against you, right? A negative mm-hmm. build up towards you because you rely on getting those attacks, which means you have to use more activations. So your your action economy weakens because you're using the same actions to do the same things. Um, and so for every successful defense roll he makes, it compounds that cha- uphill battle that you have to get over that glory hump. So. Yeah. Same thing was happening with Mike, right? It was, it was some good games, great games to watch. Um, and I remember I was so impressed by this one move that he did where, like, Carlin or Carlin went to smack. You know, he had to pick between Varclav and the Briar Queen. Mm-hmm. And somehow along the way, like, the, the Briar Queen was holding the objective. And he was like, well, and then Mike goes, well, I can't let you hold the objective. So he swings. And then Varclav countercharges next to Molog, but onto an objective. <laughs> so either way... He holds the objective. Wow. And just seeing that, I was like, this is brilliant. You know, again, kudos to that man because like every it was it was nice watching it from a from a from a like a totally un like there's no gain or loss by watching this match. I'm just <laughs> watching for the sake of watching, right? Yeah. Um, you know, unbiased watching. And um it was it was very cool to see and I even learned a couple things along the way of how he moves his warband around with the with the, with that uh with that strategy so everything every card in that deck every action that he did served a purpose which was to get onto an objective so he could score cards like supremacy and dug in yeah um and glorious triumph helps extremely with that um but i thought that was a really cool match um and they both played very well and mm-hmm. i think uh mike had the uphill battle there and uh yeah uh, yeah i'd probably like to talk to mike about uh I'd be interested in his thoughts about it, but I think that it, I think that my deck and his deck um, fundam- fundamentally are very similar in this matchup where I don't think we have the glory ceiling um, and we don't really have the disruption uh, either. So I think, and we really just have one fighter that does anything. So um, I think it's tough. Uh, I think it's a real tough matchup for us, but um, I'd be interested. I don't, I don't know if Mike played any other thorns over the course of the event and he does he does have tome of offerings so um i'm sure it's possible but 
I don't think it's a good matchup for either one of us. We have a lot of the same weaknesses, is I guess what I'm getting at. Yeah. And again, it's it's just every time you miss an attack or he blo- yeah. or he he blocks one, it's it makes that hill even higher, right, to get over. Yeah, I mean the so. default state with an objective warband once they're on the objectives is for them to stay there. And, you know, so it's right. up to you to stop that. Um, whether it's with dice or cards and then, you know, they have their own tricks to <laughs> try to keep that game state the same. So Exactly. So yeah. I thought I thought Mike played that as best as, as he could have. Yeah. And I think Tommy played that almost perfectly. So um, as you can imagine from the way we're describing the game, <laughs> uh, Tommy took that game I think it was two to one. I think it was two. Um, I could be wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah, I only I'm remember just making up games. stuff. <laughs> I've just been making up stuff this whole episode. Um, okay, so then 2-0. And then, so we all jumped over to the Eric mm-hmm. and Philip game. Uh, and they they got close to time. They, they by the, it was, uh, I, I thought they were in the third game when we jumped in. But they had just, they were just wrapping up game two. Yeah. And so then it was 1-1, Philip, Eric. And then uh, they played into the second round uh, yeah. Second action phase. They had the end, end phase. of the second round of the third game. Honestly, I think the game was probably decided already, which is which yeah. is nice. Like if it has to end early, then it, it really would stink to know that, you know, the winner wasn't sure. But I, I, it was a pretty well decided. I think I found that a really interesting matchup. I think one of the reasons that it just took them so long to play was because both decks were very complex. There's so much like moving fighters around, teleporting things, swapping objectives, like. Every single one of those cards like changes the game state. Um, it was really interesting to see how that how that worked. Um, I think that in that situation, it's almost like the spoilers are the opposite of Hrothgorn, you know, because I had just played against Eric, and like you can't just control one of the goats; you have to stop all of them from getting to you. And I, I just don't think he could do it. Um, it it seemed like it was a close set. Um, uh, it was, you know, they each won the one, one game each, and then it was the final that ended up going to Philip. Um, but I think that the aggressiveness and the relative speed of the, the spoilers gives them the edge in that matchup. That was kind of what I got from it. Yeah, yeah, well said. I think one thing that you didn't mention was uh, in the third game, Eric throws away to the end because he doesn't think he's going to score it. Oh, but yeah. then, like, by the end of the second round, he had no power cards in his deck. Um <laughs> Yeah, so that was that I, was interesting seeing the just the raw power of the card draw because now that I think I know Eric had the all three of frenzied search, quick search, and uh, a natural truce, and Philip also I think had at least a natural truce. I think because um, yeah. he had a natural truce, so there was so and Eric got all three of those cards and one card from the other unnatural truce, so he ended up drawing eight power cards. Uh, and I think he had already thrown away his the top five yeah, yeah. Mulligan, so that was that was yeah, pretty he was crazy. he was at like three cards in the first round left. Yeah. But I think um, they were both running coveted spoils and uncontested. Um, and I I think that uh, Philip kind of just exploded in the lead um, in that third game. Yeah, I think so. Um, but back to my point on the power cards oh, um, and the draw engine, um, I. It was nice to see how powerful those can be in quick succession of one another. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely think that is something that needs to be looked at because 
um, there's no way you should be able to <laughs> have three cards left in your power deck at the end of the first round, right? I understand that you tossed <laughs> five cards, but you know that's that's insane. And so I thought that was quite fascinating. Um, and probably one of the highlights of the event for me was to just watch that combination of occurrences. Um, yeah. But then we get to the final, right? So we have uh, Tommy Conboy versus Philip Vidmar, Thorns versus Despoilers. I think it was his like third Thorns of the tournament <laughs> um, for Philip. So um, knowing how well he was, he was how how good his deck was at disrupting objective play while still fulfilling his own requirements. Mm-hmm. I thought that there was going to be a good game. Um, and, and, and it was, it was a great game. Um, I think, I think it went to game three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Convoy took game one, Philip took game two. And then in the third game, I think, uh, Convoy kind of just, uh, had a couple things go his way and, and took a pretty strong lead early on. And it was hard for Philip to catch up, but I thought, I thought, uh, Philip played excellently. Um, and Convoy, of, of course, you know, what more can we say? He he did really well and, and won the event. Uh, and he's been on a roll lately. He's He won another one of these online events earlier this summer. Uh, he's won like the online Discord community league like three or four times. And they've only, I think like out of the four times it's been run, he's won three times. Um, yeah. So, so he's like totally in his element with this online platform that we're using. And so congratulations to him, not only for winning this event, but for just displaying such a strong level of consistency, uh, I think it's really impressive. And, uh, you know, looking forward to playing against him more in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And he definitely had a, you know, a real tough road to it, I think. Like he played you in the second round. He played Benny. I think, I guess Benny actually took the game off of him. I don't know who he played in the first or fourth round, but then he played me and then he played, you know, he, so it was, it was, and then he played Carlin and then he, then he played, you know, the final. So yeah, Yeah, the final, he he had a real tough road. He had a tough road for sure. I, um, I was, I was actually pretty impressed. Um, and I think, you know, you, you, uh, you also, I think performed better than you thought you would have. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, I didn't think you, you th- I didn't I because we all joked about how like five dice with Rothcorn with rerolls is <laughs> is silly, but like to see it in execution, like what were your thoughts, like after event, like were you happy with everything, like, you know what will you change, knowing how things went, like, give us a little breakdown on that. Um. So for me, I think that I would change. I think maybe I would take out Victorious Duel, um, and maybe put in, um, Brought to Bay or something a little bit easier um i feel like i'm kind of want to take out great gains as well because i didn't it, it really was in my way a lot of the time but then i think i'd be down to 14 glory and i'm not sure if i think that's enough but it's not like i lost or won too many of these games by one or even two glory you know um i guess there was one that i won by one glory um so it's it's kind of hard to tell. Um, I wish I had Fainway. Um, another card that I want to use but haven't really been able to make work is Earthing Stone. Um, I don't know if this is the deck for it, but I want to put it in a deck at some point. Um, 
That might be a nightmare. Did you run it in your Magor's deck? I have run it in a version of the Magor's deck, but I don't think it... It usually doesn't make the cut. Um, I think it may have been really useful in the Convoy matchup, maybe. Yeah, it's it's one of those cards where, like, I think sometimes it might win you a game single-handedly, but it's pretty useless the rest of the time. And you can't really yeah. play objectives very well when you have it. So that's why I don't think it's very good for Magor's, because I'm trying to play objectives. But I do mm-hmm. think that maybe in this it could have could have been useful, um, but I'm not really sure. That's that's more of an edge. It's more of a card I want to work. <laughs> um, yeah. Otherwise, I think I was pretty happy with the way this deck functioned. Um, I'm not, uh, you know, I don't I don't think there's really any uh, reason to feel like uh, a control deck like Eric's um, shouldn't beat mine. Um, if I'm going full tilt aggro and he's uh, sort of putting all of his tools into control, then uh, I think that should be a matchup that he wins a lot. Um, you know, especially when it's played as well as he was playing. Um, against Tommy, I think that it was much closer, actually. I think that uh, the first game was very dicey. I think I made some core mistakes in the second game. Uh, I do think that... Uh, Thorns currently are the strongest warband in the game by a pretty good margin. Um, and, you know, against Tommy, there's really no room for mistakes. So, um, but uh, I, I, I'm definitely happy with the performance. I think that uh, I did better than I expected to. Um, going into these, I think I my goal is always to go three and one or better. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if I go two and two every now and then and I, and I have in the past I think um, so right on yeah do you did you did you think anything was surprising to you in the meta um let me see so I think the spoilers definitely surprised me and I think that's uh, I think that's actually one of our listener questions maybe we should go over to them yeah I just kind of want to talk about my Thoughts oh, okay. on the event overall? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, so I, I think I think that my biggest surprise was uh, just spoilers, just how functional they are. Um, because yeah, I, I think I, I think I caught the first two games. I think I missed the, the final game of the final match. Um, but really, just spoilers are kind of uniquely equipped to um, fight thorns. Um, I don't think they have a winning percentage against them I'd be surprised but uh, I think it's sort of close and I think they can do it fairly well the re-rolls that uh, Grashrak gets every time you get a kill can be very very powerful um, you know when you get one kill and then you get another kill and then you get another kill um, it's good you know uh, what do you think about? Um, yeah I would, I would agree actually I think I think you said everything you needed to say about Despoilers. The only other thing that uh, surprised me was Magor's oh, uh, yeah, in yeah. the top eight, um, which I still haven't seen that deck, but I know it's somewhere here uh, in the Discords. Um, yeah, I actually have it. I'll send it to you now. It's interesting. Um, it's an interesting deck. The This is Joey's Magor's deck. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, because he did so well with them, and I had been playing them recently as well, it looks like um, it's sort of similar to the way that I was playing them. 
um, but with some interesting differences. He has uh, set the tempo, which I wouldn't have thought was uh, something you could do with Magors, but seems like love uh, it. Seems like he was able to pull it off because he has show of force, which makes a lot of sense. Swift capture makes a lot of sense. Gather momentum. Um, oh, bold, bold conquest. conquest. Yeah, that's that is interesting. So he has so path to victory is a duel. Absolute stillness is a duel. Mm-hmm. Bold conquest is a duel. So there's his three duels, and then swift capture is a duel. Show of force is a hybrid. So he only had two hybrid cards. Yeah, yeah, which I think is okay, um, especially because gathered momentum, and what's the other one? Swift, uh, show of force. Show of Those force. are both pretty easy to do. I'm surprised with that consistency, though. That's interesting. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, because you have you have a whole bunch of duels, which I guess those are the harder of the two, which makes sense. Yeah. You have to. You want more duels than hybrids, but only two hybrids. Yeah. That is surprising. I would say I think this is the minimum. I think you could go two and three, and that may be why I haven't considered it with them. Um, yeah, I would never leave home without three, <laughs> but fortune favors the bold. But so. he actually has four duels. And then, but you need two and two, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess you know those two are just very important, and then uh, you just need to get a couple duels. So I, I can see that. I think that's uh, functional, and they're surges, and they're easy to do. So, <clears throat> and he's got survival instincts, which is super interesting. Probably on Riptooth. Yeah, probably for the absolute yeah. stillness. And the cryptic companion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think it's cool. I might uh, I might have to steal some of these ideas for. My, my next yeah, I, I definitely think you want the quarry package, right, for your deck, for sure. Probably, yeah, because um, uh, I guess I don't. Yeah, I guess he didn't take it, but I also think that the cleave card um, is a pretty good quarry one. For Predator's that, trinket, because you want to probably take one armor. Yeah, <clears throat> giving cleave to Zarkus or Gartok is probably pretty neat. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. And he doesn't have shifting reflection, which might be. Might be something you can look into. I know that we're both eyeing that card. Um, yeah. My final thoughts on the event before we jump into listener questions was sure. um, pretty pretty happy with the event overall. I thought it was really cool to see so many of our friends do well, you know, see you do well, and make top 10. Um, um, I, I lost to the guy who won the event, <laughs> and I beat the guy who was in the final against him. So I will take that as a dub in my way. Oh yeah. Uh, so super, super excited to see the level of competition in this event and this online community excel and grow every, every game, every tournament, every league. Um, we're at a point now where you don't, there is no gimmies. Um, sometimes when you go to some events, there's some games that are just, you know, you're going to win, but I don't think you can do that at all in any of these events anymore. And so, Excited to see that translate to when we all get back out there and into the real world and play games in person. Um, because top-level play is why we play, right? Is to play those crazy games and try to outwit our opponent. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The meta in general is kind of wild right now because of all the cards that are released. But And I guess it'll probably just get crazier <laughs> two weeks from now and uh, we get some more. So uh, it's a it's a sort of interesting time in the meta yeah yeah with arena mortis dropping yeah. we'll see some really an influx of more cards it won't really change the objective thing too much but 
I, I yeah. I'm kind of excited for a far list. I mean, I think you and I <laughs> love the far list, but yeah. I think it'll it'll make some pretty pretty impactful changes, but ones that are probably the right call. Like Strength of Terror is nuts. Hidden Purpose <laughs> is nuts. You know, like yeah, yeah. I am kind of glad we got a you know at least one tournament. Um, pro- I'm gonna do the Cam Game tournament next week. Um, so I'm sure we'll get a few and, you know, I mean, I guess we don't really know how long it's going to take. Um, hopefully we get one before the end of the season, but, um, <clears throat> it's been fun to just, you know, kind of a free for all. That's kind of how I see it. <laughs> but, yeah, it was cool. I, I enjoyed it, but I'm looking for more structure. In the yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we, <laughs> we tend to be a little more, I don't know if conservative is the right word, but we like everything to be as balanced and like flattened out as possible. Um, but yeah, we're so we're not flat earthers, but we're flat <laughs> underworld. We're not that conservative. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, jokes aside, congratulations again to the top eight. Congratulations to you, Jonathan. Congratulations to uh, Philip and Tommy for playing in the final, and for Tommy for taking the event. Uh, looking forward to the next one. Which there will be one. I'll be running a relic tournament. That's a quick plug-in. Oh. It'll be a relic skirmish. Six rounds uh, with a cut to a final. So it'll be six rounds of single games. And then I think the final will either be a best two or three or a single. I'm not sure yet. But uh okay. should be fun. It'll be knocked out in a day. And it'll be in like three weeks-ish. Maybe maybe a month. So Okay. Cool. Yeah. The, speaking of wild, that's going to be... Uh crazy i haven't really looked at the relic uh deck stuff in a little bit but it should be should be really interesting to see what uh what happens in that what you can do with hrothgorn yeah Maybe. I mean, you can take that card that on a 50 50 you come back to life and uh I, i'm, bunch I'm of ready other for stuff ready there. for action to come back I'm, that's exciting yeah <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of ready for action action yeah, so absolutely um Maybe bring some gods well, or something. It. Like, there's there's almost Ooh. no limits to what you can do with with all the cards. Like everything is just probably busted. Yo, magic curse breakers <laughs> kind of sound good again too, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. I'm just gonna be like flipping through and like if I see something crazy, I'll watch the game. But um, is there? I know that I don't even know if there's a surge limitation. I don't think there is. <laughs> so you can take like ten surges. So you can take. What I would do personally is I take nine surges, uh, victory after victory, combination strike, and perfect match. And you're playing Grimwatch, of course. I would never. <laughs> right. But I might play Profiteers. Ooh. Um, yeah. But uh, anyways, we digress again. <laughs> Let's jump to listener questions. So from one of our patrons, uh, keep them guessing Matt, who was also one of the top eight yeah. uh, in the event and played Thorns of the Briar Queen. He goes, what cards surprised you in the event? So Jonathan, we'll ask you that question. Yeah, I think the biggest one for me was Shifting Reflection. Um, I saw it used by Eric and Philip um, to really just almost like devastating effect. Um, when that card is used at the right time, like sometimes you just can't recover from it. Yeah. I think that was the biggest one for me. Yeah. Aside from that, for me, it was Predator's Trinket. Mm. Um, yeah. which Tommy ran, which I, it, it makes sense when you look at his deck, like why he took it, but like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, why not hidden presence? But I guess the cleave is super useful in some situations, right? So, 
Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, it makes the queen very accurate against the uh, shield warbands. I don't know how many of those are in the meta right now. <clears throat> but uh, I guess it's good against guard, too. Kind of shuts down the buried instinct yeah. in a way. Maybe it was his, like, Molog Hrothgorn tech. Yeah, could be, could be. <clears throat> and it is, you know, it is aggressive. It is useful um, in a way that sometimes, you know, hidden presence might not be able to be if you uh, have to use it aggressively on a fighter in the front. So um, <clears throat> that's interesting. Uh, I'm trying to think if there was anything else that really uh, caught me off guard. Set the tempo, Magoras. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't, I didn't play it. But looking at this deck, which thank God for a convert to Underworld's DB button, because um, <laughs> I just can't read any of the other ones. Um, it just doesn't work with my mind. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a cool deck. Um, I think it's risky, but again, fortune favors the bull. Yeah, he did really well with it, and I think uh, when Joey did lose, it was to Michael, and I think they went to three games. So, um, seemed like it was. Uh, a good go. I, I think I think Magors have an interesting matchup into Magor, uh, or into Malog. Malog into Magor. Yeah. <clears throat> they uh, they are always very dicey, but I've I've seen them go to a lot of game threes. Yeah. A lot of game threes, and I think no time. It didn't surprise me, but oh yeah. I think he lives by that card. No time. Such a, it's pretty solid. Yeah, I think Tommy uses no time very effectively. Yeah. Yeah, because he's running dug in too. Which I, I'm actually, I'm not surprised and I kind of wish I had thought of it because of Glorious Triumph. Um, it makes it scoring Duggan so reliable. Yeah, uh, in our game he mentioned that uh, he didn't score it a lot. Um, I wonder, I do wonder how many games it made the difference. Yeah, certainly did in the in the finals. Oh, so. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Let's jump to the next question. <clears throat> yeah, the next one is... What do you feel is the best way to tech for a mirror match without diluting your deck? Also from Matt. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I think this is actually pretty relevant to me, considering that I didn't tech for the mirror, which is a habit I really need to get out of doing. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I think the best way to do that is to find cards that will not only help you win the mirror, but win your other matchups. And I, in this situation, I think Amberbone weapons are the unique answer. You'll never find a better answer than them in this meta. Because regardless of what you do, they're, they're great. Um, they're great at your little guys hitting bigger guys. They're great for your bigger guys accurately hitting lower guys and taking full advantage of that glory. Mm -hmm. And they're great for wading through objective warbands. So um, I think in this meta... Amberbone weapons in general, something that was is, is effective against everything is the best way to mirror match, I think. Um, I think cards like Shifting Reflection are probably pretty good for mirror matches too. Uh, so, yeah, that, that would be my advice. I think that makes sense. I think I think in general, I know for me when I'm building a deck, if I'm building a aggro deck, I'll think a lot about what do I do against objectives and what do I do against control, but I might not think as much about what I do against aggro. Um, and in those situations where it's aggro against aggro or objective against objective or control against control, I feel like the person that has the most tech against, that's good against what they are usually has the advantage. I think we've seen that before. Um, in with you know, I think you've had some curse breaker mirrors um, 
and you know now in the objective meta and I, I think that the difference is always the strongest when you're actually playing the same warband but I think it also um, can happen when you're playing a very similar warband that's trying to do the same things you are right on sage advice <laughs> um, um, let's go to the next let's one. do yeah. the next question yeah Given the meta propensity towards objectives and to the end slash avatar right now, the avatars version, how does Games Workshop? Yeah. I'm, I'm used to I'm used to GW being Grimwatch, but how does Games Workshop make aggro play a contender again? My concern is that aggro is losing a ton with season two rotating out, yet the powerful objective and draw cards will still th- be there in Direchasm, which is season four for those of you who aren't aware. And this is another question from uh, from Matt. Yeah, I think this is a good question. I think it's a question that people have sort of had the whole season. Um, I think the really the answer is just going to be we need more cards that support aggro. We need end phase cards that support aggro in the same way that uh, end phase cards, you know, support the objective war bands, um, and in some way they control war bands as well. Um, <clears throat> hopefully, we see that um, in the future. Uh, I do think right now you can sort of play aggro, and I think uh, you can play an aggressive style of objective play. Um, I think that's sort of what I've been trying to do with Magors. I think that's what I was trying to do with uh, Rothkorn, and uh, I think I've done fairly well with them. Um, but it's tough. It's definitely tough. I don't think you can ignore the objectives. You certainly can't ignore um, the objectives if your opponent is trying to do anything with them. Um, I don't know if I think that's a bad thing. Um, I think it's cool that the objectives are no longer Faneway crystals, uh, portals, as we were calling them in Nightfall. But uh, other than that, uh, I think you just do what you can (laughs) and hope for better cards in the future. Yeah, I think there's a couple things that have caused aggro to fall down a peg or two. And I think in addition to the powerful objective and draw cards that Matt was alluding to, uh, it's also the surge limit. I think that really hurt obje- uh, aggro warbands a lot because they were relying on scoring multiple cards per kill. But now doing that is not as a reliable strategy because half your deck isn't a cycle surge card. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that has to do with some of it. So I think in order for it to become better, uh, you mentioned good aggro end face cards I would amend that slightly to say two or more glory end face cards um, yeah I think there's some solid one glory cards out there but I we need them to be two or more because an aggro deck right now is 14 15 glory at the most more often than not unless you're taking set the tempo and things like that we need aggro decks at 16 17 glory reliably and it's not cards like that one orc uh, crushes card where it's like kill half the warband like that's kind of hard yeah this is this is something like you know maybe like a middle of the game conquest or things like that um or maybe like you know kill well i think butchering is a or, really good example yeah butchering and, is a great and, example. and the ripus cards for you know have uh you know have the three upgrades and have two fighters dead and a fighter in enemy territory um yeah kill hunters um Th- those are Cruel some great hunters, examples. Yeah. Wild Hunt have a couple great ones um, as well. Um, I-, I think what you said about the surges is actually a good point. Um, 
part of the reason that objective play is so powerful right now is that um, objectives have the best surges. The, the best way to get early glory in this game right now is to score easy surges um, that don't require kills. So, and then once you have the, that glory, then you can tool up and kill everything, which is sort of what we've been seeing. I mean, most of these decks aren't actually full objective play. They're, you know, they power up and then they tool up and then they kill you. Uh, you know, a, a round two Thorns deck can be very aggressive, you know. Um, so, you know, if, if there were, and I don't really know what the solution to that is. Maybe there just need to be more surges that aggro can score or... You know, in this in this drop, we saw a lot more accuracy enter the game, and that honestly has made it a lot easier for aggro to get kills and start that glory train. Um, it does, but it also makes everyone better at that, right? right. And so, so there's no there's no advantage, there's no net there. It's just everybody's now better at hitting things. Right. Um, and while that does help, like for example, Philip use it with great effect with Grashrak and Draknar, it's not necessarily. Like likewise, like everyone put it on the prior coin, right? <laughs> yep. Like, what Games Workshop should be doing uh, in the future, right? Um, you know what's what's done is done is to make sure that they make. If you want to focus on control and objective and aggro, then keep it, stay in your lane. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> like, surge. You should never, ever, ever have a surge hold objective. After your own activation, at the very least. After your opponent's activation, fine. Give them a chance to react to it. But after your own, um, and then give like cards like Glorious Triumph where you can react and then do it, that, I think, was perhaps a slight miscalculation. But that's it's not a bad thing, right? Like A lot of people enjoy that strategy. You know, We had a great event. A lot of people took advantage of it. Um, but if you want a warband to just like... Like, if you want to play, like, Bo Tom Bond, Godsworn Hunt, I don't think you can right now. You know, I don't think you can play old-school Profiteers or Aggro Curse Breakers or Aggro Mogors anymore. Like, and I, and I think it's awesome, the innovation and the flexibility people have shown in yeah. taking warbands like you have and, and Philip and Eric and, you know, and made them into warbands that may not necessarily do what they're stereotyped into, you know, doing. But that doesn't change the fact that it's kind of you know it's 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 just just yeah it's a little it's a little tricky so what we need is maybe more accuracy designed for you know some aggressive warbands um yeah like you know after you get a kill gain you know plus one dice for the rest of the round i don't know things like i don't know i'm trying <laughs> to think of stuff on the fly yeah, yeah, yeah. um End phase two glory or more, and then uh, um, I think that's really it. I don't know. And then just maybe tone down objective play a little bit, which I think Night Vault does that. A lot of good cards go away in Night Vault, and that objective players were using. Um, like Shifting Reflection, I think, is one of them. Yeah. Um, Potion of Rage, which is probably an aggro card. Um, so you lose Haymaker and Potion of Rage, too, but. Shortcut. And I'd actually like on. to do another. Yeah, shortcut. Yeah. Um, and and maybe that's maybe that's another card commentary episode, right? We can talk about the impacts of Night Vault, uh, rotating out. So maybe we should just yeah, because uh, I think we can go on for another <laughs> fifteen twenty minutes on this. But maybe we should just table that sure and move on to our next question. If if you don't have anything to add, no, I think that's fine. I'll go ahead and do the next question. Um, it is from Patreon Magor. Um, do you think crushes are good enough? 
Max and Randall think some of their faction cards should be restricted. I guess referencing the podcast you were on. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, interesting question. So when we were recording that episode, we made a lot of comments on that, like some of these cards are busted. <laughs> uh, and to an extent, they are, right? In a, in a bubble, in a yeah. vacuum. Like, Inert to Pain is really good. Berserk Fortitude is really good. Um, Brutal Attack is really good. Eager Advance, even. But in a meta that's ever-shifting and changing, I don't think they're a good enough Warband. Um, I think they have the potential to be really good in the future, given the right set of circumstances. But at this time, um, I don't think any card should be restricted because I don't think the Warband is relevant. Um, it got 18th, <laughs> you know? Like, Despoilers are doing better than Crushes. And maybe in that matchup, Crushes might win. But overall in the field, I think Crushes are going to lose. And I think, yeah. you know, Bob went 2-2, two and two, which is a pretty respectable score. 2-2 two and two is awesome. Um, but, you know, we don't even know if he was doing aggro or control. And if you're running the control build, then yeah, maybe if that's the only viable build, like... I don't think they should play control at all. Um, but I don't know. I mean, like, do you want to just nerf a warband <laughs> just because the play style isn't healthy? Um, or do you, do you want to nerf it because it's it's unhealthy to the game? Uh, and maybe those are synonymous. So I think maybe you restrict a nerd to pain um, or berserk fortitude. I don't think you hit both. Yeah. I don't think you they need to hit one more than one card um, because... Yeah. They're not relevant. I think it probably depends on what else is hit. Right now, I don't think they can beat Thorns of the Briar Queen. Um, no. Problem, like I would say at all. But that goes for a lot of warbands, to be honest. So, you know, if the next list balances everything out to the point where kind of the last one did, because I think the last far list, you know, was one of the most balanced metas we've ever seen. So if we get to another state like that and... You know, aggro crushes is viable. Um, I could see them being a little problematic. I do think that uh, I overestimated their power a little bit because they are, um, from a like per model basis, they're very powerful. But um, I think they have trouble scoring a lot of glory outside of the very passive build with tomes and avatar and all that silliness. Um, but I'm not even sure that's particularly reliable and I don't think it has the glory ceiling that a objective warband does if you leave it alone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think if you want to hit the warband, you should always target the universals first. Um unless it's just detrimental to the entire game, like cards like maybe to the end uh have cards that are already restricted, you know, with frenzied search, cards like the avatar risen, I'm sure is something that's being looked at because it is such a good card, right? So you know, some of these cards, if they get nerfed, then, like, what can Crushes do except charge forward, you know, and attack you? Yeah, um, that's interesting. I don't know if and, anyone and, really played the Avatar Risen. I don't know if how good that actually well, is. Right on. Yeah, we don't. We don't. Um, it might be too greedy. But for them, it's certainly something that they might try to abuse, right? And and if that's the case, then maybe you do hit them. But... Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting conversation. Yeah, I mean, I, I, sure. I think you're right that, uh, you know, based on this event, and, and, you know, I think it's a little telling that only two people played them and, um, you know, none of the top 10 players uh, decided to play them. And 
you know, a lot of the time, uh, you know, the competitive players are going to play the most competitive thing they can find. So it, it wasn't crushes this time. Right. It might be in the future, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. Um, next question. This is also from Magor. Why do you think Malak did so well? Is it because of Carlin or does the <laughs> Warband have enough support now? That's interesting. Um, honestly, I would say I don't think anybody has the reps that Carlin does with Malag. Um, I think Malag has always been a difficult nut to crack, so to speak. Um, a lot of the time, uh, you know, he just like he does a lot of damage. Strength of Terror is really good on him now as well. So I I popped into a couple of Mike's games and you know three dice, four or five damage. Um, pretty scary and uh, I think it's a lot like Rothkorn um, I think he was running to the end as well to make a little bit more reliable glory but uh, <clears throat> I don't expect to see a lot of Mologs do as well as Mike did for, you know 4-0 and on the first day it's just excellent um, so I, I would say it's mostly Mike <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I would I would agree in that I would say like maybe sixty five percent of it is seventy percent is probably Mike, yeah. probably sixty five. Um, I think the remainder of that, you know, random number is that uh, strength of terror is a, such a good yeah. card. Yeah. Um, and you know, but I I, I would actually I think it's just Mike honestly because I think he's I agree done with you very well with Mulligan every he's, event and he's put so much time into it. Yeah. Uh, and, and that man spends hours building decks <laughs> and then like seconds ripping them apart, you know, like it's, and he's put a lot of practice into it. So I think shout out to him for sure. Um, because, uh, f- there's a part of me that wants to say it's the, some of the universals, but aside from strength of terror and maybe a couple handful, like it's really not much support and he didn't even do avatar. I don't think. No, no, he didn't have avatar. So, he did have to the end cause you know, it seems like a good, reliable way to get glory. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I have his full deck, but I know he has playing Master of Battle, which is a pretty good card for Molog now, I think. I, I liked it in my Hawthorne deck. Um, so I would say that it's... I think I think Molog is functional now, and Molog will always be very polarizing because he kind of asks you the question of can you kill me or can you outscore me? That, that's always been the case. Um and if he if Tome of Offerings comes out early, you better be able to kill him. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, uh, that's my answer. Yep. Yeah, good question though, and shout out to the boy across the pond. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next question is from Steve Undrund. Um, was the meta what you expected? Um, I guess we covered it a little. I think bit. we kind of. Yeah, we did. So I would just say, yeah, except the spoilers. Yeah, yeah, that's, I think so. Um, let's go to the next one. Uh, another question from Steve. Were you happy with your Warband choices? Uh, I'm not unhappy. Yeah. Um, what about you? Um, I was. I, uh, I've been wanting to play Hrothkorn. Um, I think I tried him in the first event after the FAR, and then I did Magors, and then I gave him another try. I think... Uh, I will probably play something else the next time, but uh, yeah, I was I was happy with that. So yeah, I think the only thing that I wanted to do was I was really trying to make Ripa's work, mm. and I think I had had a good deck. Yeah, 
And then I just got lazy and I was like, ah, I'll just play thorns. <laughs> and so I think, I think I, I'm happy. I, so to answer the question, I am happy. I am remiss. I could have tried something else and probably done maybe just as well, if not yeah, slightly worse. I mean, you know, honestly, three and one is, I think, the only thing that you can reliably shoot for. Um, no, I agree. Know. I agree. I, I just wish, I, I think it would have been more impressive to me if I had done it with Rippas, I think, instead. Yeah, maybe. But that's just me being nitpicky <laughs> on my own. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's fair. That's fair. Rippas won the last one, so uh, I'm pretty sure that they can do about as good. I, I think maybe some of the new cards don't favor them as much, but um, maybe there are some good ones for them as well. So. Yeah. Um, right in on. terms of placing, this is the next question. Was there a deck or war band that surprised you? Um, I just probably definitely the eyes. Um, I, I had certainly heard of Eric and how good he was with them, but uh, very impressive to go four and out. Uh, and then probably just to spoilers, right? I'm surprised that Magors oh, were yeah. fifth. Yeah. Um, I guess I had just uh, done so pretty top well five. with them, so <laughs> I wasn't too surprised yeah. to see. Well, looking at the deck, I'm even more surprised because there's yeah. so much inconsistency with Set the Tempo. But um, Maybe. Uh, again, uh, I, 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 that's my personal, personal yeah. feeling. Obviously, it worked for Joey. It was probably good enough, but... I wouldn't have left home without three. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would be curious to find out um, how often he scored it or didn't score it because he wasn't able to score Gather Momentum or Swift Capture because you can't mulligan one of those. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, it's It was nice to see Worm Spat and Curse Breakers in the top 15. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Gerard who played the Curse Breakers. Uh, but, no, I think Despoilers. Yeah. Yeah, because I played them in the keep fourth round. keep saying Grashrax Ravagers on BCP. It's Grashrax to spoilers. Yeah, like they're named incorrectly on BCP <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. Okay. I was like, am I? I was like, am I just like putting that word there for some reason? <laughs> no, yeah, no, they're wrong on there. Yeah. Um. Other than that, I thought it was cool, man. I liked yeah, it. Yeah, I good event. I enjoyed this event. The uh, the online events can be a little bit draining for me. Um, Probably because I work at a computer yeah. all day anyway. Um, you know, having a, I don't even know what it is, an eight-hour event uh, sitting at the computer is, you know, it's not the not the real-life events that I like, but it's the best substitute we can do currently. So, yeah, yeah, I get I get pretty drained, uh, and I think slow play is a problem, yeah, um, which should be monitored better. Which we can all hold ourselves accountable to that because I think. I don't think it's intentional. I just think it's easier to be more relaxed at a computer at your home than at an event with people and music and noises around you, right? So, I think so. I also think um, maybe you notice, like, because the person isn't there and you don't have the social, like, cues of them, you know, looking at their cards or their facial expression, you probably, it's, you're just, like, sort of waiting for the silence on the other end <laughs> a little bit more. That's a great point. I didn't think about it like that, but... Uh, yeah, maybe video video chatting everyone would help. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe. I'll video chat you if I play Ooh. you. <laughs> Ooh. Um, and I think that wraps out our questions. Um, thanks to everyone who asked the questions, especially to our two patrons. And uh, is it patrons or patrons? It's patrons. I think it's patrons. Patrons. 
Well, whatever you are, we thank you. And we appreciate you and we love yeah. you. Absolutely. Um, and uh, we are going to do the drawing for Arena Mortis probably between now and the next episode. So um, excited about that. And uh, I think that'll be it for this episode. Uh, once again, thank you for to our Patreon supporters. If you would like to join the current patrons, you can do so at patreon.com slash path to glory. If you have any feedback, questions, or comments, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, or Discord at Path to Glory Podcast. Please rate and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get the podcast. As always, thanks for listening, and we wish you the best of luck on your Path to Glory. Man, I think we should really just ban thorns. How about that? <laughs> nice. <sighs> thorns. Thorns, thorns, thorns.